Magic is power. of leaving a legacy sadly our fearless sidekick patricio uh is calling out sick today but don't worry uh i have two amazing guests with us here tonight to kind of help fill the void that pat has left behind uh so before we introduce them uh as always uh just a thank you to hipsters of the coast uh for bringing leaving a legacy to your ears every friday uh, also, if you want to support uh, the show, we have Patreon info in the sh- uh, links below. Uh, also on the Facebook page, you can find it. Uh, you know, we have stickers, uh, play mats, uh, you know, just check it out. Uh, and without further ado, I just want to introduce uh, our two guests tonight. Uh, we have Joe and Kevin. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it hey. going, Jerry? Hey, it's going well, going well. Um, so, I mean, both of you, uh, are experienced Nick fit players. Uh, so I really want to just have you on the cast today to kind of talk about, uh, everyone's, you know, kind of pet deck and legacy. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the eternal pet deck. That's hey, great. we had, we had a good time at eternal weekend. We Hell did. Yeah. Two yeah. in the top 16. Oh yeah, no, it puts up results. Um, it's just, I feel Nick fit definitely falls in this like category of just, like fun deck like it's just do what you want what's the biggest timmy thing you can do in a format that's usually about hyper efficiency and nick fit just kind of shrugs all of that off ah that's for sure certainly how it's perceived yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh why don't we get into kind of you guys a little bit uh can you let our listeners uh know a little bit more about you and where they may have seen you around the community before uh sure uh, I'm Kevin McKee. Uh, I go by Arian Rod online, and like, if anyone has any questions on how to pronounce that, because I get that a lot, that's how I pronounce it. It's Arian Rod. Um, I've been part of the upstate New York Central PA legacy scene for about eight or nine years now. I started playing competitive legacy at Jupiter Games, where I was kind of born and bred a little bit, so to speak. Uh, a lot of those ties still hold pretty true. Um, I now play mostly locally or in um, at Mythic Games. They have a monthly 2K that I play at. Um, but other than that, I don't get around a whole heck of a lot anymore. I'm, I actually just turned 29, so I, yeah, I don't get like to travel as much as I used to, and I have a lot of other <laughs> stuff that I've gotten into um, as time has passed. So I don't... Uh, you know, it used to be I, I'd show up at Star Cities and I'd do pretty well at those. I had a couple of uh, Star City top 16s, but I just don't make it out to them too much anymore. So, uh, yeah, that's that's nice. me. <laughs> uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, my name is Joe Dyer. Uh, I am the uh, admin of the NickFit uh, MTG subreddit uh, that is on Reddit. Uh, I also run a Discord server for NickFit. Um, I started playing Legacy a couple years ago, about three or th- three years ago or so. Uh, before that, I played a lot of uh, Commander, a lot of EDH, um, and I got into Legacy uh, actually primarily on the back of Manila Stretch. 
Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> everybody's everybody's budget entry into Legacy. Um, <laughs> the answer to dual lands are expensive. It didn't last very long. Any lands. <laughs> uh, because um, I ended up actually converting that to uh, LED dredge mm-hmm. within a few months or so. Uh, and my goal at the time was I was going to build into Storm. I was actually going to play uh, Tess, actually. And uh, no offense to Bryant at all. I love Bryant to death. <laughs> but God, I, I found that I could not play the deck. Um, I just, I, I was awful at it. The first night I sleeved it up and, t- and, and this is before I actually bought the dual lands for it. Thank, thank, you know, everybody, uh, <laughs> that I took it to a, a local event and I had no idea what I was doing, even though I had spent all this time goldfishing it and blah, 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 sat down in front of an opponent and I blank. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? So I really, 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 really like Cabal Therapy. Uh, like a lot and I was just looking around for a deck that casts Cabal Therapy a lot and I found Nick Fit and I was like this looks like a lot of fun and uh, I sleeved it up for the first time and I've never looked back so I have played other you know stuff in the format but uh, every uh, you know I test a lot with a lot of different stuff just so I know you know what other decks do Uh, but for every competitive event I've ever been in, uh, I've always registered a, some variant of it. But. Nice. So you you found your bay and you ain't turning back. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm pretty active on the uh, MTG Legacy subreddit. And uh, after uh, Grand Prix Columbus last year, uh, last year? Yeah, last year. Feels yep. weird because it's almost near the end of the year. Uh, so after Grand Prix Columbus, uh, somebody was, I noticed that there were a lot of people every so couple days on the MTG Legacy subreddit asking about Nickfit. And I'm like, is there something here? Like somebody's keeps, all these people keep asking about this. So I just made an offhand comment on one of the threads about, Hey, you know, would people be interested if we had, you know, like a subreddit or something like that, that, you know, we could put this stuff in. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Like, that sounds like the greatest idea ever. And uh, now, as it stands, uh, I think we have at least, I was pulling it up here, uh, at least uh, like several hundred members now on the subreddit. <laughs> so, I'll make enthusiasts. Yeah. And we get, um, you know, posts, you know, all the time. It's slowed down a little bit uh, in the past couple of months, but yeah, we have 227 subscribers now. Mm-hmm. So. I can see it. I mean, Nick Fit is one of those decks that I recommend everyone at least try out once, just because there are so many different things to do with the deck. Like, I played uh, Bug Walker's Nick Fit for a okay. while, which I just like. I love that deck. Uh, and it was like the exact type of play style that I wanted at that time. Just super fun to play. And I just feel no matter how you want to play Magic, there's a build of Nick Fit that can fit that, you know, that player's choice. Unless you kind of just want to storm off. I don't think there's a storm, Nick Fit. There is. <laughs> there, there is? is? All right. Perfect. <laughs> I uh, take a guy that back. Named, um, a guy named Voltrix worked on a – it was actually a Doomsday Nick Fit <laughs> oh, storm list. Uh, this was like four or five years ago, something like that. And yeah. He did fairly well with it. I mean he was the only person who tried it, but he did okay with it. <laughs> he was I don't recommend trying it enough. with Top Gone. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm kidding. Well, I take that back. Literally any playstyle you want, Nick Fit can offer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we get too much into this week's episode, though, I do just have a little bit of a a note that I want to throw out there. 
Um, so a couple episodes ago, I talked about uh, my EW story about one of my opponents um, who I just kind of had a bad feeling during our match. I felt things weren't weren't right. Um, so I ended up uh, uh, telling a judge about it uh, after the fact. Uh, well, the opponent actually listened to the episode and he reached out to me. And uh, I'm really glad he did uh, because uh kind of really cleared the air. And, you know, he basically said that, uh, you know, he didn't even realize that the actions he were taking, um, you know, you know, were happening. He d- he wasn't, you know, intending to gain any sort of advantage. It's just more of just kind of like a uh, a clumsy habit. So, you know, we had a, a good conversation just uh, about how, you know, uh, you know what he wishes I had actually called a judge during the match, uh, which, you know, thinking back, I think that really would have been the best way to do because then, you know, he would have known that he was making that mistake then and there instead of going on and playing uh, like seven more rounds of legacy, you know, practicing these bad habits that he didn't even realize he was making. Um, so I just wanted to kind of clear the air and, uh, you know, throw that out, uh, out there on, you know, that's also why I didn't put him on blast. I didn't share his name. I didn't like print out his DCI number on the cast because <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like I yeah. honestly didn't know. And I just had a bad feeling and that's honestly what it was. It was a bad feeling. And, you know, we talked about it and we worked it out. So I remember you uh, looked maybe... really upset that day. Yeah, I was, I like, and it, it you know, like I'm saying is, you know, it wasn't anything he did on purpose, yeah. but it was just like the perception of it made me, you know, made me feel, put me on severe tilt, which we talked about uh, last week's episode too. So, yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to show a little bit more conversation. Don't be afraid to call judges in matches. That's what judges are there for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I probably would have tried to like talk to him after the game personally, mm-hmm. just because I don't know there is definitely some, not to get too far into this topic, but there is definitely some, you know, social anxiety that can play into being, having a judge call mid match. So, oh yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, I've kind of had to get used to it because I play with a lot of German foil cards and when you're playing <laughs> Nick fit German foil cards, nobody knows what they do. And it's just like, okay, whatever. I don't know what Nissa final force does. Yeah. I mean, see like calling on yeah. rules and stuff like that is fine. It's where I have anxiety with calling judges and is when it's like literally accusing my opponent of cheating. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a serious charge. You don't want to wait, throw that around lightly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to get that out there uh, so people know about it. Um, but to get things off, uh, did first of all, did any of us play any Legacy this week? Uh, I actually played on Friday night at my local uh, event. Nice. Which so, you, uh, I'm assuming you played Nick Fit? Yeah, I actually played uh, the <laughs> Scape, Kevin's uh, Scape Wish list. Nice. How'd so, it go? Um <laughs> It went okay. Um, I messed up a scape shift against Blue Red Dover. It didn't matter because uh, I made like a gajillion clues with uh, Tireless Tracker and then yep. uh, stonewalled him with a Thrag Tusk for the rest of the game. Uh, but uh, it was definitely an awful feeling to go look through my library and realize that the mountain that I needed to get lethal was in my hand. <laughs> so, learning. I, it was my see, first time I'm, really playing the deck. I mean, I've been playing it on X Mage for a little bit. And, see, uh, I never, I never played Scapeshift in in Modern or like that time it was in Standard with like Primeval Titan. Um, but I always just remember looking at uh, at Scapeshift and just thinking, it's like, how do you run enough mountains to actually kill <laughs> your opponent? Like, it just seems like the count is so low. <laughs> it works out. Yeah, it does. yeah. It no, just, yeah. but you. 
you got to be careful about it. <laughs> you do. You definitely do. Yeah. Um, it definitely requires <clears throat> some math. And you have to be really conscious of what when you draw certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, but, and then I played against elves, uh, and I got elfsed. So uh, elves typical. is just, as Kevin <laughs> can agree, uh, that um, you know, elves is one of those matchups where it's like traditionally just awful. To play against because sometimes they I just think I'm like lifetime like two and ninety five against elves. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> beat them before. 95? Like it doesn't matter how many times you sweep them or you deed them or anything. It just doesn't matter. They just kill you. Yeah, I, I played against an elves player at a legacy classic last year uh, on Sneak Fit where I cabal therapied him three times, hit all three times, shredded apart his hand, and he still top decked a natural order and killed me. Yep. It was awful. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those matchups where, like, unless you have, like, the literal nut of just, here's my combo that I have in this deck, you know, to kill you with, then, you know, you're dead. So, but, you know, if they have their nut, good luck. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Did not realize Elves was such a trouble matchup. All right. Yeah, it's it's pretty (laughs) awful. Uh, I mean, we fall squarely into that Black Green X category that Elves is built to beat like Mm -hmm. that's just that's their reason for existing is you know they have the natural order consistency they have crater hoof they have a draw engine that is almost as good as most blue decks if not better yeah like it's just it's very difficult also site also i'm seeing a lot of sideboard progenitus now again yeah and that's just ridiculous to deal with because toxic deluge pay 10 (laughs) yeah pay 10 for toxic deluge (laughs) sometimes you don't win that yeah it's just it's awful so but i think i'm gonna actually end up playing nick's fit for the next one we have next local i mean that's the one that's good against elves yeah it's super good against elves my friend nick bliss is on that actually he was telling me about it on the plane ride home from uh eternal weekend ah yeah that version's a lot of fun nice for you um what about you kevin did you play any this week I have not, uh, but I am getting ready to go, uh, speaking once again of Mythic, I'll be going up there on this upcoming Saturday for a 2K. So that's Sweet. the uh, that's the plan. Nice. Yeah, I actually just found out today that uh, our local game shop, uh, Gamey Etc., is doing a 1K on nice. uh, December 2nd. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the 1Ks. I feel, so we usually have a 1K at least once a month at one of the various shops, and I just feel they're kind of, like, the best, uh, like, occasional legacy scene where it's, like, just competitive enough that you feel like it's on the line, but it's not super high pressure. Sure, sure. So, it's, uh, it's, I always try and make the 1Ks at least. Even better if it's a 2K or a 5K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mythic is kind of the descendant, like I said, of, of Jupiter. And Jupiter was an extremely competitive room so oh yeah i remember we're always back... a little uh <laughs> we always we always tend towards that side of things a bit more i guess yeah i remember when i was a younger man uh, <laughs> <laughs> we used to take uh trips out to jupiter games to play in their uh, okay. tournaments just because you know the you know if you put the ev there legacy players will travel oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. You know, if, if you put up a bunch of dual lands for, like, top 32, everyone in top 32 gets a dual land, um, you'll be pulling people over from, like, two states over. Oh, man, get my, unfortunately, get my, it's yeah, not really viable to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, the increase of dual land prices. Like, that was some of the yeah. golden ages of tournaments. Oh, was, like, I get it now. Everyone's giving out, like, store credit and cash, and that's also good. But it's just, like, the feeling of playing for dual lands and yep. playing for a bunch of them. Like, yep. We still get the the top eight dual lands, but just the prices of dual lands, like, first place gets a uh, underground sea. Right, you right. Know, back in the day when dual land prices were a bit more manageable and stores could get their hands on more of them, you know, you would be playing for, like, a play set of underground seas for first place, and then, you know, top top 16 would each get a dual land themselves, and, you know, top eight would be playing for play sets of other dual lands. It, it was just, uh, it was such... It was the golden days. <laughs> or like, you know, splitting top four at Jupiter and just everyone walks out with one of each blue duel. Yeah. Right. This is fine. Yeah. yeah. No right. complaints about this at all. Uh, so, yeah, we used to drive down from Boston, uh, you know, get okay. like <laughs> get the cheapest motel we could find. <laughs> I remember one time I went down with a, like Josh Sissio uh, and Nick Wilbur and we got this hotel and we go in for the night and we turn the air conditioner on and the air conditioner just starts blowing dirt into the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, this you is to great. Thank your choice of hotels. Get, get what you pay I for. Know. When you're you're poor college kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so I guess just to round off, uh, I played not Nick fit surprise. Surprise. <laughs> um, I actually went to, uh, our local shop pandemonium in central square, uh, for their Thursday night, uh, legacy. My friend Nick hit me up. I was just like, Hey, come down. We're playing. Uh, so thanks to Nick. He reminded me I played, uh, bug Delver and, okay. Bug Delver just feels super good right now. Did you play that same list you talked about a few weeks ago? I was. I was playing the same list I played uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's kind of uh, an alternate build, Kevin, where it's uh, like the creature base is four Dark uh, Deathrite Shaman, four Delver of Secrets, two Dark Confidant, two True Name Nemesis, one Leovold, one Gurmag Angler. Uh, And then it has the Stifle Days package instead of the Him Thoughtseize package. I don't like any Um, of that. Yeah. How many how many times did you bob your Gurmag angler? <laughs> I did. Oh, uh, oh I, bo- I bobbed Gurmag angler once, and I bobbed Force of Will twice. Yeah, oh. sounds about right. But uh, it doesn't matter. I still won. Uh, Card advantage. <laughs> there was a time uh, several years ago when I was much more into vintage, and uh, I have definitely won and lost games by bobbing Blightsteel Colossus. Oh, I'm. <laughs> Like, I've I've bobbed Emmercool. I've bobbed Emmercool for the win. Yep. Yep. <laughs> go go big or go home. Tin, uh, tin fins with dark confidant. Oh god. No. <laughs> that takes some balls. Oh yeah. I mean, go you go might as well just slap home. an Emmercool in there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I revealed Emmercool. I revealed Emmercool, and then won that turn. Yeah. There you go. Um, but I played Bug Delver. This deck felt really good. I found it cannot be burned. I just got no. <laughs> burn. yeah. no bug deck can. <laughs> yeah, just could not like. I even got like a uh, jit in play, and I just could not get any counters on it. 
Um, so burn is definitely a difficult matchup, but other than that bug feels really, really good. And I also ran through a league with, uh, the Esper mentor list that, uh, top aided eternal weekends with the the, uh, stone blade list. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, The stone blade monastery mentor. That list is great. Honestly. Yeah. Oh man, that list is super fun. It is hard. I, I lost the first game because I just punted so hard ordering, uh, like cabal therapies and just like, I, I, I got greedy. Basically I didn't use cabal therapy because I wanted to save it to get the value out of monastery mentor and ended up paying the price. That's what happens when you try to eat the value out of cabal therapy. Mm. Yep. It's knife's edge, but deck was fun. I definitely, yeah, I definitely need more practice with it, but I, I'm looking forward to playing that some more online. Uh, <laughs> well, that kind of wraps up our week in Legacy. Let's let's take a trip back in time. How much do you guys <laughs> know about the history of Nickfit? Its origin? I think probably the <laughs> most common thing is I actually know. I actually know. I'm a, I'm something of a Legacy historian because I write I write a lot about Legacy. Uh, I know. And, I love you people. Legacy historians are the best. <laughs> and so I've actually done a lot of research into a lot of like the legacy deck names and stuff because I actually did. And I actually, um, so I write uh, regular legacy content for uh, Puka Trade uh, for uh, John Medina. And uh, I actually did an article series on legacy deck names and like why they were named the way they are, like where Team America came from, where Canadian Threshold came from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, you got to uh, send me those so we can uh, link them because I yeah, definitely want to link those. So uh, Nick Fit, I actually have the link saved on my phone and I actually posted it earlier tonight. Uh, on the Facebook I love this group. story because it's when I like first started playing Magic. So I feel like, <laughs> like Nick Fitz's origin is entwined with my own. So, so everybody <laughs> always gets on, and I've always I hear it all the time. Everybody goes, "Oh, why is it called Nick Fit?" And there are thirty different people who answer thirty different things. Yep. It's usually the way it goes. Yep. However, it's like spam. It's what spam is spam? Yeah, yeah, in a sense, this source thread that I found. And I, this is from the guy who originally posted the source thread for GBX Explorer Zenith Control is what he called it. it in Tau. It Nick Fit. Uh, and it was Tau. Yeah. Yep. And in the thread, he says immediately, because many people asked and speculated, its name comes from a Sonic Youth song that I was listening to when I named the deck. So there you have it. Right, right there in writing, the guy says himself. I was listening to the Sonic Youth song named called Nick Fit, and that's what I named it. <laughs> Wait, you said it was a Green Sun Zenith deck? Yep. Yep. Because yep. I remember Nick Fit existing before Green Sun Zenith was printed. This was posted on 5-27-2011 by Tao. And this is the first thing I could find about how about Nick Fit. Um... Because the way I, when I first was exposed to Nick Fit was a combination with a Phyrexian uh, Plague Lord. Well, I guess that was, was kinda, the rock. The, yeah, it's the yeah. rock and. And his millions. Right, the rock and his millions, but. <laughs> yep. But it would still you might be the thinking of uh, You might be thinking of Rexer. Possibly. Well, because, I mean, Nick Fit's been around since Cabal Therapy was printed. You know, people have been pairing mm-hmm. Veteran Explorer and Cabal Therapy for, for forever. Um, so I, I kind of, I guess kind of the rock and the Nick fit for me have been sort of interchangeable. What would you say then is the main difference between the rock and Nick fit? Cause the rock is basically a green black value deck, which is very much kind of applies to the Nick fit shell as well. 
if it's still around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like slightly blunt, but unfortunately accurate. Yeah. Um. You know the various other green black X mid range decks. You know, you see punishing Jun once in a blue moon. You basically never see Abzan anymore. Um. Or junk or whatever you want to call it. Like junk. they just they just don't. They can't keep up anymore. The power creep's um, too real. And Nick Fit gets to lean into the power creep because we have the mana development that we can actually use all the new toys. Yeah. Like the rock hasn't gotten anything even remotely approximating like true name nemesis. Yeah. Well, well I, I'm still saying like, I still consider the rock and Nick fit pretty much the same deck though, because oh, philosophically. Both, yeah. Yeah. They're, still, yeah, yeah. they're both, they're based around. I just remember back in the day using, you know, Phyrexian plague Lord, veteran explorer, cabal therapy, and calling it, uh, you know, the rock Nick fit and Nick fit coming from the name nicotine fit. Hmm. Yeah, and it, that that's so, that's another myth too. <laughs> so. I mean, these myths seem to exist before Green Sun Zenith, though. So <laughs> yeah, and like I said, this is the earliest source thread I could find on the list, and that was from Tao, who posted that. So uh, I'm gonna take it as <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but I mean, it's it is a thing that's out there. So I did post it in the the Facebook thread earlier. Um, nice. Um, so going on, so kind of what is uh, kind of the development of the deck? Uh, kind of take us from then to now. Kevin knows yeah. a lot more about that than I do. Yep, I'll dive into that. Um, so I came to Nick Fit shortly shortly after that thread was posted. Um, the actually I came to it with the first one of the um, the commander decks that was printed because Veteran Explorer was printed in one of the commander decks and. I had never seen this card before. I'd never heard of it at that time. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really cool effect. What can you do with that? Because, you know, Instant Blood still saw play back then. Um, and I was like, oh, Cabal Therapy. And so I kind of came to it independently, and then I saw the source thread for it, and then I kind of joined in shortly thereafter. Um, so, you know, the early versions at that point were very much um, mid-range Dirtle Monsters. Uh, they weren't refined in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you know, we were doing sweet things still with the mana. Uh, we were very much a recurring nightmare deck. That was very much a focus of the deck uh, because this was before Deathrite Shaman existed. So we could just sit there with recurring nightmare and do whatever the heck we wanted, um, which you know, at that time, at least for me, was uh, Yosei and Kakusho with recurring nightmare. Dirty. Uh, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun, um, and then you know, slowly, just as time passed, more and more things got printed for the deck. You know, I mean, eventually, you know, we got Thrag Tusk when that came out, and you know, Sun Titan. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff that the deck plays that comes from Ghosts of Standards Past. Uh, it's one reason why I begrudgingly, aside from this, the relative I shouldn't say lack of magic but there's a lot of standard in my area so I'm kind of priced into playing it if I want to play magic with any degree of regularity um but I'm a firm believer that formats speak to each other you know cards that you experience in standard you know you will see those cards again and again as they eventually move back in time you know back through the formats and having a way to you know, quickly and efficiently 
analyze those cards is is pretty important and has been very important for Nick Fit. Yeah. Um, you know, Dramoka comes to mind. Um, just just things that you know. I mean, ob- again, obviously, Thragtusk actually is probably the golden the golden standard of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> because I yeah, remember when that card the, was twenty dollars. Oh yeah, it's uh, standard yeah, with restoration was angel. Flickering it with restoration. Oh, it was so much fun. Oh yeah. Um. And so then you know, you think to yourself, you're like, okay, well, this card is very sticky. It, it basically couldn't be effectively removed in that standard format. You know, it left behind a body. It was good value. And realistically, what they were doing with restoration angel isn't that much different than recurring nightmare anyway. So it was a pretty clear slot in. Um, you know, later on down the road, Huntmaster of the Fells came along. Same kind of thing. It was absolutely a standard all-star that just kind of worked its way back. Um, so somewhere along the way, you know, I was very much a fond. I was very much fond of green, black, white, mid-range recurring nightmare piles. Uh, I still have kind of a soft spot for that today, but with Deathrite Shaman being what Deathrite Shaman is, that's a little harder to pull off. Um, so, you know, after a little while, I don't remember the exact year or date or anything. Joe might be able to find it quicker than I can. <laughs> um, somewhere along the way, I saw a list that came from a European tournament, uh, which Nick Fett has always been very historically popular in Nick, in uh, Europe for some reason. Yeah. It uh, doesn't entirely make sense to me why, because... From what I'm aware of Europe's metagame, it's like predominantly Storm decks, and I would not want to exist in that. That's where Nick's fit generated, actually, I think. More power to them. Um, (laughs) But I saw a list that came through a deck aggregator that was a scapeshift Nick fit. Um, And I thought to myself, that's a really interesting idea, but the longer I looked at the list, the more I just hated it. Is it was like I don't remember exactly. I'm probably being a bit hyperbolic at this point, but yeah, I remember. I think it had like three primeval titans. Yes, and like it was, it was. I do remember an early scape shift list. Yeah, it was. It was pretty loose looking, (laughs) but I really liked the idea of it. I thought that that was you know a very cool concept because you would be, you know, you're using your lands that you're trying to generate anyway as a win condition like your ramp becomes a win condition and when you paired it with a mid-range strategy with the hunt masters the thrag tusks so on and so forth you know that became very powerful because suddenly you have a a twin drive deck if you will where your opponent has to be very concerned about your beatdown plan because all of your things are, you know, all-stars from standard that are hilariously more power crept than what people are typically doing in Legacy because Legacy is a format defined by efficiency, not power. Yeah. So they have to be very scared of your creatures, and while they're dealing with their creatures, then suddenly you just scapeshift them. Yeah. Or, you know, on the other side of the equation, if they're worried about trying to break up your combo... You know, Huntmaster in a ramp deck is pretty cheap to cast, so if they're trying to, like, aggressively wasteland you or do some kind of other mana-based targeted disruption, you know, Huntmaster can come out, and he could just take over the game by himself at that point in time. You know, now Huntmaster has kind of fallen by the wayside at this point, um, such as such as the way of power creep. It, it kind of moves forever onward. So... After Scapeshift, um, you know, Scapewish was very was very popular. Um, I, I kind of 
know, I, I will say I, I did have a fair amount to do with that. That was the list that I got my uh, my tops with at Star Cities, um, top 16s anyway. And you know, I kind of popularized that. Like I said, I don't know the the name of the uh, the gentleman who originally you know was the first one that I saw, but yeah, I don't either. You know, history, <laughs> it's yeah. buried there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so after after that. Basically, what eventually happened to Scapewish is that its mid-game fell out. You know, it was always very much, like I said, it was always very conceptualized as you know, a twin-drive deck, as I like to call it. And somewhere along the way, its beat-down mid-range half became not viable anymore. And the deck started to transition more to just being a scapeshift control deck. You know, it'd run extra uh, spot removal main deck. It'd run, you know, like card advantage. This was around when Painful Truths came out. Yeah. Um, and it just never really worked. Like, that. it just, it never felt right. It just, uh, it, without its, its beat down half, it just didn't feel right. Um, so I moved away from it. There were a couple of people, Sam Castrucci comes immediately to mind who stuck with it. Um, but, you know, they, you know, Sam uh, was the player who had some success with the deck at an eternal weekend. I want to say three years ago. Sounds um, about right. He got a camera feature match um, and he did fairly well on the day. I don't remember. I think he was like top 32. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, so he stuck with it. Um, somewhere along the way through here, you know, I, I was kind of, this was also around the time when Dig Through Time happened and Treasure Cruise. And that was a very, very bad time for Nick Fit. Um, we, we couldn't really keep up with the, uh, no, you know, with the one man saying, broken blue card. You're saying the card advantage um, deck couldn't keep up with the, uh, ancestral recall, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, we, we went pretty deep to try to find an answer. I remember we were, uh, we were rocking dual caster mage for a while because, <laughs> you know, if, well, if you're going to dig through time, I want to dig through time too. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, that didn't that didn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> um, and eventually, uh, unfortunately, very and very awkwardly, at the twilight of the Dig Through Time era, uh, a friend of mine named Tamor uh, and me came up with a solution. Uh, we actually did solve a, a Nick fit in that meta game. It was actually a uh, it was a reanimator version, a bug reanimator, um, it, with like Jay's friend's prodigy and you know reanimates and all the things you would expect. And it actually was performing pretty well in in the Dig era. And then Dig got banned and didn't matter anymore anyway. Yeah. Um, but just a little you know historical footnote. Um, after that, you know, I was kind of drifting for a while. You know, I've had an on again, off again relationship with Siege Rhino. That's where uh, I started. There are a lot of there are a lot of people that praise and worship Rhino. Uh, I I am of the opinion that Rhino. And it took me a, like a solid year to come up with this, but I think that the problem with Rhino is that Rhino forces the deck into a mid range beat down role that it is ill suited for yeah uh, you know the deck is the deck is at its happiest when it's being a control deck 
and then it's overwhelming the opponent with its top end. And Rhino isn't top end enough, but it's also not low enough to the ground to like get in under things. So it just ends up in that awkward middle area where it just doesn't do anything. It was pretty so good caveat, for me at that GP because the uh, all, all the Eldrazi that ran around yeah, Grand Prix Columbus. Yeah. I mean, as it turns out, Siege Rhino is smaller than Reality Smasher. Yeah, um, but I had... And most endless ones. <laughs> you had uh, Glissa the Traitor, too. Oh, yes. Which was really oh, yes. decent against the Eldrazi Menace. And, That's an understatement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I think I played against I played against Eldrazi, like, four times throughout the course of, yeah. of Grand Prix Columbus. And oh, yeah. throughout those Eldrazi four, does not want to see Nick fit. Yeah, for the, throughout those four matches, I dropped one game against Eldrazi. So, yep. Uh, so, it was just yeah. great. So that that kind of brings up. So it sounds like the Eldrazi time period was uh, a very favorable meta for Nick Fate. Out of kind of yeah. the past historical <clears throat> metas that we've seen come and go throughout the years, what was what was probably like what was the worst time to be a Nick Fate player? Uh, Dig and Cruise easily. Dig and Cruise yeah, easily. Easily. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eldrazi was fine. We're we're well suited to dealing with with them. Um, that was kind of the – that was around when – I think actually – you're talking about GP Columbus, right, Joe? Yep, yep. Yeah. G, for that GP, I day would that GP, and then I just – actually at X1, but then I just ran into an absolute nightmare string of matches. Like It was like Storm into two L's. Yeah. And, uh, it, was just, it was awful. I am. Um, um, as I'm seeing you know, Delver players on all sides of me, and I'm just like – why? Why can't I be playing these guys? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I not sitting there? I um, but... I day two'd that GP as well, uh, and uh, actually I, I day two'd at uh, X three, uh, mm-hmm. and that was my actually GP Columbus was my first G, my first GP I've ever mm-hmm. been to. Okay. Uh, cool. Day two'd at X three, uh, and uh, started the day off against Sneak and Show. Yeah, uh, buddy. And uh, actually beat Sneak and Show 2-0. Nah, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, he... Were you splashing red? Huh? No, I was uh, playing okay, junk. Okay. I was playing okay. junk with Rhinos. And um, I played... Uh, was I playing Dramoka at that time? I don't think I was playing Dramoka at that time. I can't remember. Oh, no, he was out. Yeah, What's the, uh, she was out. I just don't movie? remember if I played her or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I played Thor and Nemesis. Um, Ugh. what's the card, the angel, I play, I remember it was so annoying to play against a sneak and show, the one that, uh, your opponents can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. Oh, uh, Sigarda. Oh, yeah, I played Sigarda. Sigarda yeah. was I great. Out, uh, I had a Nick fit opponent, I had Emrakul out, and they had Sigarda, and yep. I was just Take like... 15. <laughs> yeah, like, god damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, the Nick, the sneak show player I played against, uh, he, he stumbled on mana a lot in our game, too. And I distinctly remember therapying away a lot of the pieces of his hand. Uh, yep. And by the time that he actually managed to establish a show and tell, uh, because he kept a pretty loose hand with, with some mana issues, uh, I dropped a Grave Titan with uh, <laughs> with the uh, show and tell, and he dropped an Emrakul. And he stared at my side of the table and went, um, okay, uh, I guess that's a thing. And uh, I go to my turn, and I attack with that Grave Titan, because he's value. <laughs> yep. And uh, he's looking at my board, and he's going, wow, even if I attack you, just suck all your lands and kill me on the crackback. <laughs> yep. Yep. Correct. <laughs> it's correct. Uh, and yep. then, uh, so the rest of that day, uh, I lost uh, to Infect 
uh, and I lost to Shardless Bug, but I played against Eldrazi three times on day two uh, in a row, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. Uh, and yeah, I ended I up uh, uh, place. I ended up ending ten uh, five for that uh, GP actually. My first GP, and I ended up ten five. So I was I was really like super stoked about that. Um, uh, and I, I actually ended up I was in the VIP area for that one, and uh, my round three opponent was an Eldrazi player, and he and I hooked up a bunch in the uh, VIP area, and I made some offhand joke about playing against Eldrazi again on uh, day two. And he's like, well, I mean, that's what you want to see, right? And I was like, yeah, I guess I could just play against that deck for the rest of the day, and I'd be happy. And then I played against it for the next two rounds. And I was like, <laughs> cool, this is fine. And uh, yeah. I was like, on my last round, I'm round 15, and I'm like, come on, Eldrazi, come on, Eldrazi, shardless buck. <laughs> <sighs> okay. And I was not well prepared for shardless buck, apparently, that weekend, because I, it kicked me in the teeth all four times. I played that deck, too. That's so, surprising. Yeah. Should just come down to getting Grave Titan out, and then they can't beat that card. Yeah, um, I actually did have a game against one of them where uh, he uh, kind of kept a loose hand, and uh, I therapied him and named Shardless Agent, and hmm. hit two Shardless Agents. <laughs> so yep. in the blind, ball therapy is a good card. Yes, yes. When you when you therapy in the blind and you hit in the blind, it's like then you hit multiples in the blind. It's like the best feeling in the world. Um, yeah. it, it's it's super super good. I have therapy to weigh thought, not seers from people's hands. So, real quick, just to kind of finish things up. After Eldrazi um, came the Miracles era, which is a bit more recent in people's minds. Um, Miracles really kind of killed Siege Rhino fully. Siege Rhino builds could not beat Miracles. They just just couldn't. Um, They played into what Miracles was trying to do too much. Um, cause they, again, they were, they were forced into that kind of beat down role. And then miracles is like, cool. I have terminus for this. And then monster um, mentor became a thing. And... and then monster mentor was, was even, even worse nightmare. Yeah. So somewhere in that area, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with this. This is, this is where this came from. Uh, I was cube drafting with one of my friends locally online <laughs> That's and that's how Nick fit decks get made, right? I, I yeah. know that's the joke. I know that's the joke, and I'm I'm embrace I embrace it for this version because it's true. Yeah, it's super true. We had we had this just absolutely egregious pool with uh, Marin of Clan Neltoth and Sneak Attack and Fierce Empath and like anything like everything you could pass Inferno Titan. And I was looking at this deck, and I was just like. Why isn't this just a Nick Fit? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where Sneak Fit came from. And Sneak Fit actually is kind of something I like to hold up as, like, a paragon of brewing. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Just in terms of, you know, everyone always kind of gets down on Legacy, and they're like, you know, oh, well, you know, the format's solved, and it's been around for forever. Everyone, you know, there's nothing new to... Bullshit. Like, Veteran Explorer, Sneak Attack... Emrakul, Green Sun Zenith, Fierce Empath, like all of those pieces were in the format for I don't know how many years, and it took that long before someone stumbled upon it. So, you know, that I kind of like I like to hold that up as an example that there's all kinds of crazy stuff in the format still that has never seen the light of day just because nobody's stumbled across it. For sure. Yeah. Um so Sneak I got, was I gotta try Sneak that. was that, that very, right very in my good. alley. <laughs> 
So, okay, well, see, here's the thing. Sneak was very good. Sneak was <laughs> arguably one of my favorite versions that I've ever played. Uh, it, it had a combo. It had a combo in it. It had a good mid-range beatdown plan. It kind of was channeling what Scapewish liked to do as well, because it's like, well, I can either sneak attack this Titan at you, or I can just play it. Yep. You know, either of these things is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it had a good control game. It ran Punishing Fire alongside your deeds and some spot removal and this. Like, so it got to do basically everything, and it was very fluid at shifting between its plans. Very fluid at shifting between its plans because of a certain sensei's divining top. Um, and uh, rest in peace, yeah. my dear friend. I actually played. Like, I actually switched I, uh, to playing. Uh, the top Fit. band. I still. <laughs> I, I claims another life. <laughs> I still. I, I said this uh, when I had my interview at Eternal Weekend, and I will say it again that you know we, along with Imperial Painter, paid the price for Miracles' sins, and it is deeply offensive. That Don't. miracles is still a deck afterwards. <laughs> Don't forget Pox. Don't forget Pox. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like, you know, if you're going to go after something like Top and it doesn't even kill the deck that you're going after, but the collateral damage that it has is just absolutely massive. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, we, it's, what's done is done. We have to move forward. Yeah. But. I actually, uh, it's kind of, it's so true when you put it that way. It's like the top band killed Doomsday, it killed Painter, it killed yep. Sneak Fit, it killed it, Lone Pox. Uh, it, it, it took us, it took us, like, the entire Nick Fit community collectively across Discord, Reddit, uh, the MTG The Source, like, and the Nick Fit community is really close-knit. It, it has been referred to by one or two of my friends as a cult. Uh, they're not entirely wrong. No, no, <laughs> uh, not at all. We are, we are very, very close-knit, um, and you know, the community is, is very, very good. Um, and it took us collectively, what, the top was banned in April? Yes. March? It took yeah. us, so it took us like seven or eight months to actually like get our sea legs again and actually start being a deck again, basically. Yeah, because um, I, I play Sneak it, it Fit through that entire time. Bad. So, um, so before you go out rushing out to buy sneak attacks, the problem that oh, I own currently don't has, you worry. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem know. that it currently has <laughs> is that since it lost top, it can't filter between its three different game plans very easily anymore. It can't pivot, and it is unbelievably fond. Of drawing multiple sneak attacks when done you consecutive don't need turns, them. and you just don't want them. Yep. So what you're just like, I can't do literally anything with this. Yep. Why am I still drawing sneak attacks? Uh, and the you other, draw the other part zero is, or three. You draw multiple sneak attacks when that's not the plan you want to be on, and then when you want to draw a sneak attack, yep. you don't. You can't find them. <laughs> Cannot so, find them. So what you're saying is, I should add blue to get some filtering. Sure. We've, and then you're, we've and, thought about and it. And we, we've blue, genuinely thought about splashing blue for Brainstorm I, and Sneak I've, Fit. So I've been playing, I've been playing Sneak Fit. We have Fit. threatened it. I've been playing Sneak Fit for about a year, actually. Uh, yep. And uh, I played it uh, after... I played it. Because yeah, you're one of the early adopters of it. You picked it up yeah. pretty quickly after yes, I, I made it. Yeah, I played it at the uh, Star City Legacy Classic uh, that, like, November or so, right after you made the deck on the Source. Uh, yep. And I played the Punishing Fire version, 
Um, there was another uh, user on the source. Uh, his name's uh, Square Two. Uh, yep. Also one of our uh, Reddit. He's actually one of my moderators on the Reddit, and also one of my moderators in Discord. Uh, yep. Very cool guy. Uh, and uh, he played it as well. Um, we both kind of collaborated a lot on the deck uh, at some point. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect between Kevin and I on this because I, I once label became a thing. Uh, we Kevin, uh, Square Two and I both moved to uh, dropping Punishing Fire from the list entirely, yep. uh, and we ended up actually going to Lightning Bolts uh, for yep. early interaction, that sort of thing, uh, and also it's for reach for you know the situations where you're like, oh, you're at three, just kill you. Uh, so I played it for a while. Um, I actually bought into Moto on the deck for a while. Uh, and I played it, uh, for, uh, quite a few leagues on Moto, uh, trying to, like, adjust the deck, uh, to try and kind of uh, deal with some things of those inconsistencies. Sylvan Library helped a lot. Uh, Sylvan Library's a really good card, and everybody always says, like, oh, well, you run Pernicious Deed, and, uh, it really is a big knob with Sylvan Library. It's like, yeah, it is, but it, it does, when you have the card out, it, it does its thing. Sylvan Library is a really hard card to beat. <laughs> uh, it's a very strong card. Uh, and uh, one of the things that really kind of helped uh, was uh, Collective Brutality. Mm-hmm. Uh, working Collective Brutality into the list really helped a lot. Um, I also ended up uh, eventually going on uh, the uh, a double Fierce Empath plan in that deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because uh, I found myself in situations where I would draw uh, Woodland Bellor. And I would have Fearsome Path in my hand, and I couldn't get the Emrakul into play because, uh, you know, I was trying to think what the situation was. It was a really awkward situation where I needed to actually kill them and not just because they were above 15 life. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so that's, that happens a lot uh, when you find yourself in those situations where it's like, oh, they're above 15 life. I can't just kill them and Annihilator is not going to affect them that much because I've been fetching their basics out. Uh, so I ended up adding a second Fearsome Path, and that kind of helped a little bit, uh, especially since you could use a, a Fearsome Path early on to get, like, a mm-hmm. dude who answered the situation at the time. Uh, and I think it also at some point, I, there one of the original lists, the original list that I played at the Classic last year was uh, ran uh, Sadisi Undead Vizier, uh, mm-hmm. and I ended up uh, dropping Sadisi uh, for Runescar Demon. Uh, mm-hmm. at some point, uh, because he flies. <laughs> and he yep. left a body behind. And did basically the same thing that CDC did. Uh, but a little bit better, because you could sneak Runesguard, trigger, get Emrakul, sneak Emrakul, and there's 21 in the air. Right. You just don't have to worry yeah, about it. Yeah, and then you don't have to worry about... You're not getting chumped. ...chump block on Woodland Beller. Um, <clears throat> yep. And then, um, what dropping uh, Grove and Punishing Fire out of the list let me do is, it let me run Blood Moon out of the sideboard. <laughs> So well, I just ran Blood Moon anyway. Yeah, but. card card was super good and like <laughs> I'm all a bad matches man. you wanted to play it in. Like in those matchups that you wanted to play Blood Moon in, you didn't really care about Punishing Fire anyways. So Yep. Uh, yeah. But I played a deck a lot. Um I still think there's things that we can do to it. Uh I still go back to it. I agree. And I still I agree. You know, keep trying different things with it. I've tried everything from playing, you know, Cabal or not Cabal, Collective Brutality, which is really good. Uh, I played Colgon's Command and Eternal Weekend, which was fine, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it had the same problem that Punishing Fire does for me, which is it incentivized me to keep hands that were geared towards that. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what I wanted to be doing. I don't want to be reactive. I want to be proactive. 
Uh, and then uh, I've also tried like Diabolic Intent uh, and stuff like that to try and like uh, get stuff going uh, in the deck. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun, yeah. but it's it's definitely got its issues. So it definitely has issues now. And yeah. I, you know, I also still think there's something there, and I also still very much want to try to fix it. But I, me too. I, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, you know, then to bring us to current, and, you know, it kind of finishes the history of the main stem of history because there's always other <laughs> There's stuff, always but, infinite branches of nature. Oh, there's so, there's so <laughs> many branches. Like, we haven't even talked about Academy Rector as a card. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which has its own history unto itself. Um, but, you know, Ixalan came out. And I saw, you know, Carnage Tyrant on the spoiler. And I saw Regisaur on the spoiler. And real I started real thinking quick, just to myself, because, real quick, just because those are new cards, and I don't think, yeah. you know, especially legacy players. Legacy aren't. players. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can you kind of just let people know what those cards do? Sure. Uh, Carnage Tyrant is four green green for a seven six trample uncounterable hexproof. Um, so it's also a dinosaur. Basically hard to deal with. It seems uh, good. It, seems good. It is also a dinosaur, which matters for uh, Regisaur Alpha, which is three green red for a four four dinosaur that gives other dinosaurs haste, and when it comes into play, it makes a three three dinosaur ah, token that has trample. The broodmate dinosaur. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which the broodmate dragon? <laughs> broodmate dragon, if I remember correctly, has popped up in Nick Fit itself from yeah. time to time. It was uh, broodmate was figured fairly prominently in the original Scape Wish lists because mm-hmm. um, at the time that was that was what we had. Um, you know that was it always felt kind of a little weird but at the same time it was hard to argue with it actually being good so yep and so like, Br- broodmaid is four red black am i remember that correctly for uh, four... three and a jund oh yeah. three, and jund. three and jund yeah, yeah. uh three and jund. it could be zenith which was the important part ah uh, yes yep and it's a four four <laughs> that when it comes into play it makes another four four flying dragon yep uh and does it also have haste no no haste. No haste there. Yeah, yeah, that and that's where I think Regisaur really shines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're basically shaving a mana, losing flying, but you're gaining haste, uh, plus kind of the haste lord effect. And uh, mm-hmm. if the dinosaur is a three three. And, and the stuff. token has trample, which matters. And, oh, the token also has trample. Yes. Yeah. That that matters more than you would think. Yeah. Nice. Um. So yeah, that seems pretty fair. Like you're shaving a mana and you're losing flying and a power, but you're mm-hmm. not. You're you're getting a lot out of the exchange. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'd also had, you know, I mean, this is still in the uh, the reconstruction era, I guess you could call it. Uh, and I was just kind of thinking, I was like, okay, well, you know, here are some, some solid mid-range threats again. You know, we, we're finally getting some power creep. It had been since, actually since Huntmaster of the Fells, however many years ago that was, that red-green had gotten a pushed threat. Uh, and I'd been looking as they had been. I'd been looking for them as they came, and there just there weren't any. Um, Red green just for some reason hasn't gotten anything in a long time. So I was looking at that, and I was thinking to myself, okay, so Scape Wish always worked in the past because it had the highest possible density of good top decks. Now it had top obviously to help you know, filter those through its lands and just kind of generically good. But when the deck was playing, or is playing two scape shifts, 
four Burning Wishes, which can also get Scapeshift. There's six cards in the deck that instantly kill your opponent. And then you have the Zeniths and the mid-range threats on top of that. Sometimes Deed is basically a win condition unto itself because they've overcommitted. Uh, you just end up in a situation where you have a, an amazingly high number of live draws on basically every turn, which is a good place to be if you don't have Sensei's Divining Top anymore. Um, and, you know, then I was like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's take it a step further. And, you know, because we actually... Other Nick Fitz had also been using, you know, things like Tireless Tracker, uh, Nissa Vital Love Force. Tireless Tracker. Um, you know, these kind of cards that have also been printed in recent times since Scape Wish was really looked at that also synergize insanely well with the deck. Um, you know, Nissa Vital Force's ultimate is almost impossible for your opponent to beat once it happens if they're playing a fair deck. Uh, if for no other reason than, that, like... If you can't kill them with Scapeshift for some reason, if yeah, like they say they wastelanded one of your Valakuts and surgicaled it, then you can ult Nissa or get a tireless tracker into play and Scapeshift as a draw spell. Yeah, which <laughs> gave the deck an angle that it never had before. You know, before if you just couldn't win for whatever reason with Scapeshift anymore, then it's like, oh well, you know, now these Scapeshifts are just kind of bricks in my deck. They don't do anything. That's not true anymore. They actually do carry their own weight regardless of being a win condition which definitely is a large improvement this is so just that, insane kind of that kind of brings us to uh current current times uh and then i should mention i'll, I'll leave this more up to joe because he's actually played with it a heck of a lot more than i have but we would be remiss if we didn't mention the the existence of nick's fit oh as well. yes i love nick's fit um and, you know, that's kind of the Academy Rector branch of the deck that, you know, Rector has also existed since the early days as well. You know, usually at that point, just as kind of a way to get, you know, extra pernicious deeds or recurring nightmares, sometimes, you know, a bomb enchantment or two. Uh, I remember playing Debtor's Knell at one point. Wait, um, now we have much better targets. Yes. yes <laughs> so, so as far as I so remember, it. Uh, as far as I understand, uh, Nick's fit actually started in Europe. Uh, the guy over there uh, who played it, uh, who popularized it over there, uh, played Living Plane uh, as yep. part of one of his uh, win conditions, uh, along with uh, Curse of Death's Hold and that sort of thing. Uh, and for all of your lands are one ones, and then all of your creatures get minus one minus one. Yeah, you never yeah. have a land ever again. Yeah, pretty busted. I, I remember doing that with uh, Goblin Sharpshooter. So. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, was my gross. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, at some point, <laughs> got to get that ratatat effect. <laughs> at, at some point, the the enchantments that wizards prints in sets generally end up always getting bombier and bombier and bombier every set. Uh, and thanks, EDH. Um, Amonkhet block really ramped up that up a bunch. Uh, and so right off the bat, Amonkhet itself uh, gave us Sandworm convergence. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> and uh, cruel reality. Uh, and Sandworm Convergence was one of the big bombier ones that saw play because the deck plays Dovescape. Uh, and for those of you guys who don't know what Dovescape does, uh, whenever you player cast a non-creature spell, you counter it, and they get that player gets the number of birds equal to the converted mana cost of the spell. So <laughs> flying one birds. one flying bird, one one white and blue flying birds. And so Sandworm Convergence says that creatures with flying can't attack you. Uh, so here you can have all these this birds you want, cube deck. <laughs> and you know doesn't matter how many birds you got, you can't attack me with them. 
Uh, and then, of course, Sand Orc Versions also gets you, gives you a 5-5, you know, worm every turn, which is busted in itself. Well, Cruel Reality is kind of a card now uh, that the, the deck plays because it says it, it, it deals with both Planeswalkers and creatures, and it deals with decks that play one creature, uh, like lands. Uh, you know, Game 1 versus lands is like the most lopsided thing in the world for the lands player because they don't have any enchantment destruction main deck. Uh, so if you make an, a, a cruel reality, uh, they are going to sit there and stare at you and go, what the heck is this card do? And then they're going to yeah. go, oh, uh, so I can never make Merit Lage? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, scoop. <laughs> uh, is that before or after you explain Overwhelming Splendor? Oh, we haven't even gotten to Overwhelming Splendor yet. <laughs> First of all, let me just, just read Cruel Watch. Reality because I had to look it up. Oh, so, yeah, uh, so it's uh, at the beginning of the Enchanted Player's Upkeep, they sacrifice a creature or a Planeswalker. And if they can't do that, they lose five life. <laughs> and it costs so. five black, black enchantment yes. or which curse. is really just one rector trigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then hour of devastation came along, and for a while there, uh, before hour of devastation, uh, Nick's fit list would run like humility onto the board because it made sense. It was a good card to go get. Uh, the only problem with humility, obviously, is that it shuts off your own stuff. Because uh, it's a global effect. Well, our devastation came along and gives us overwhelming splendor. I'm going to tell you right now. Every time I read this card, I find something new I love about this card. This card does it gets better with every, every reading. read. You read this card. So this card costs six white white, and it's an enchantment or a curse. Uh, and basically, it says uh, that uh, creatures that the enchanted player controls uh, are one ones, base toughness one one, power and toughness one ones. Uh, and have no abilities. Uh, so that's so, the first part of the card. So basically, for double the effect, uh, the double the cost of humility, you get a one-sided humility. Yes. Right. But that's not all it does. Uh, <laughs> but wait, there's there, more. Wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> the second part of that card says that that player cannot activate abilities unless they are mana abilities or loyalty abilities. So, so no wastelands, no Rishon boards, no thespian staging, no deathrite shamaning, yep. no jet, yep. nothing, no fetch lands, yep. no equipment of any kind. Nope. Yep. Unless it's already equipped. Yep. So, and I, I, I have heard, I have so my uh, again, uh, Square Two also plays this version quite a bit, and uh, he was telling me how much fun it is to watch people on Moto. Uh, playing Wasteland and trying to Wasteland you when Overwhelming Splendor is in play. <laughs> because they will tap it and it will just tap for mana. And then they'll untap it and they'll do it again. <laughs> they'll do this a couple times before they realize that it doesn't work. <laughs> so I've, I've had that before. Like Things have happened and I'm just like, oh, this must be a stupid bug. bug yeah, <laughs> people think it's a bug. And then, they don't read, then they read the card and they're like, oh. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> So, yeah. So, so the, shutting off all of their fetch lands is probably my favorite interaction with it because it oh, makes, yeah. like, when blue players are sitting there with brainstorms and they can't shuffle their deck anymore, oh, yeah. you just see the blood vessels on their foreheads. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's pretty obnoxious. And so now, like, the suite of cards now that Nixfit plays has tightened up a lot. Uh, but what happened was is, um, and I don't remember who really found this, and I think... Uh, it was some combination of just a collaborative effort 
be honest with you, I don't remember who actually hit upon Are you talking about Evil League? Yeah, Evolutionary League. It was Ulysses. League. Was it? It was Ulysses on Ulysses Source. Ulysses on yep. Source, yeah. He okay. was the first one. So yeah, I, I didn't remember that one. Uh, but uh, So uh, somebody suggested using uh, Evolutionary Leap as the engine of the deck. Uh, so the deck is not like a lot of other Nick Fit decks. Uh, like well, it really uh, <laughs> only runs like Hold on. <laughs> seven or eight creatures tops. Like, uh, evo- evolutionary leap is that like the um it's supposed to be like the fixed version of one in a green enchantment yeah fixed it's one in a green enchantment yeah. you pay a green and sacrifice a creature you control as a cost and then you will search you flip cards you reveal yeah reveal the top card of your library until you reveal another creature reveal creature goes into your hand rest i believe go on the bottom shuffled uh, cascade things into your hand yeah it puts it in your hand yeah not yeah, it does not play. put it into play. <laughs> no, it doesn't put it into play. Aww. It would be really, really busted if it put it in, put it into play. <laughs> but, but to be fair, when you're chaining Viren Explorers with it, it doesn't really matter no, because you're getting so many lands out of your deck. Out of out of all the that... variants of Nixit, that deck sacrifices more Veteran Explorers on average than any other. Oh version. yeah. And uh, they're still, even more they're still than running Cabal therapy though. Yeah, too, oh right? yeah, yeah. But you still end up with one getting one off of a uh, off of an Evo Leap, you know, where like, oh, okay, there's this another vet, play this vet, sack this vet to Evo Leap, get some more basics, flip off till I get another creature. Uh, and, and like I said, generally the deck only runs four Veteran Explorers, four Academy Rectors, an Eternal Witness, uh, and like a Dryad Arbor. And then occasionally, uh, you know, you'll see like a main deck like Fatty, where like if you leap into that, you can just cast it. Uh, because, you know, it's a good card, like Sigarda. Uh, some people have played uh, Titania, Protector of Argoth, uh, in that slot. Mm. Some people have, don't play that, where they play, like, that creature in the sideboard instead, so that it doesn't interrupt the main deck, the main game one plan of Evo Leap and do a Rector, get a Rector trigger off, you know, go. Gotcha. That also plays Lingering Souls to yeah. help fuel the leaps and the therapies as well yeah because you don't have you don't actually have that many bodies you you have to fuel it somehow uh generally the deck plays source of plowshares uh because uh as a prison deck and as a deck that has a lot of inevitability you just don't care about their life total so um then where then so i i thought that it was called nyx fit because it was running uh shrine to nyx starfield of nyx Starfield. Yeah, it, was ori- it was originally running Starfield because that's a very fun interaction with Pernicious Deed. Um, and it also let you play kind of a pseudo-reanimator package with Collective Brutality because you could escalate the brutality by discarding one of your enormous enchantments that you've drawn and then Starfield would bring it back. Yeah. Um, but Starfield has kind of fallen out of favor. And the name is days, just kind of so stuck. The, yeah, I mean, the name is stuck because the, the name's great. Yeah. Well, it's like how um, Affinity doesn't but... have any cards that say Affinity on it. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes, or, sometimes they still play Thoughtcast. Or, sometimes. or Dragon Stompy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dragon Stompy with no, now no dragons. No ring. dragons. Yeah, no dragons. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, okay, that I, that is good to know. I did not know it came from Starfield of Nyx. I, was, I always kept expecting them to play like a Shrine of Nyx and start making a shit ton of mana. But no. not what it is at all. Yeah, we don't really play a lot enough permanents for that to actually make that a thing. Yeah, we don't get the devotion up. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but yeah, that that pretty much brings us up to snuff on the history, I believe. I mean, yeah, there's there's a billion other branches, but that's that's all the main the main ones that are currently around. Yeah. So, so just I guess just to kind of uh, refresh people, just real quick, um, what would you say? How many? 
main Nick Fit decks are there right now, and can you just list them off real quick that are uh, still yeah, in existence? You have Scapewish, you have Nick's Fit. Uh, there, there will always be a three to four color mid range version. Uh, usually green, black, white, but sometimes you see other ones. Yeah. Usually that. Um, you know, you will always see Siege Rhino. People will continue to play it, yeah. whether or not it's actually good or not, but people will always do it. Um, bug. There are green-black versions. There are bug versions that are somewhat questionable, in my opinion. There there um, are bug versions that lean on Jace. There are bug versions that lean on Strix. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... it's Bug doesn't... The, the problem that Bug has is it doesn't have any defined identity. Uh, yeah, yeah the, definitely. The one that I really like, uh, there's a guy on our Discord, his name is uh, Isfan. Uh, he actually uh, top forward an event with a uh, bug list that we are affectionately calling Calamari. <laughs> uh, because, Calamar. Yeah, because he plays Fierce Empath and he plays uh, like Elder Deep Fiend and stuff like that. So he uses uh, which Fierce you Empath can to conveniently tutor <laughs> with the Fierce Empath and then sack said same Fierce, Fierce Empath to power it out. Yeah. So that so, was kind of gross. So, so wait, Elder Deep Fiend cost eight for a five six with flash, and it has emerge five blue blue. You may cast the spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. All right. So so the empath just goes right towards it. Yeah. yeah. So you ba- you basically cast it for four. Uh, yep. Which conveniently curves right into after you cast the empath on three. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so. when you cast it, tap up to four target permanents. Yep. Yeah, it's a little gross. So. <laughs> yeah. I think those are basically all the main ones are still around. Yeah. Every now and then, everyone just kind of gets on a bender with uh, colorless builds, cloud posts, and Eldrazi temples and stuff like that, like Eldrazi fits. Um, Occasionally, there's people to, that try dinosaur versions. To various, I mean, it's it's varying <laughs> success. No one's really like broken it yet, but like everyone knows there's something there, but we don't know quite where exactly it is. Um, We're all still trying. And then there's just a lot of there's a lot of historical anecdotes. You know, there's the the Dead Eye Navigator bug version. There's all the various birthing pod versions. There's there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I definitely feel but, Nick Fit is one of those decks where people are like, huh. I haven't played Legacy for two or three years. I'm going to dust off this deck that I used to really like playing. And just, like, it's one of those decks that I can just take you out of completely out of left field. Yeah, it can. Oh, it definitely can. Um, but, you know, I, I would... The, the, I'm going to... This is where I will choose to insert my uh, typical cautionary warnings. Where, you know, just because you can play a card doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, totally and, on board with that. Just because something was good a couple years ago doesn't mean that it necessarily still is. Like I said, power creep is very much a thing and is also very much a thing in particular that Nickfit is vulnerable to. Uh, like I said with Huntmaster of the Fells, you know, if you if you dust off a Scape Wish list from two or three years ago, it's going to have the same problems now, if not worse, that the deck had back in the day. Like you, nothing has changed because you haven't changed the cards, you haven't updated it. Yeah. Um. And you know, Huntmaster just is. Like I, said, I, 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 I hate the fact that I have to keep piling on Huntmaster because Huntmaster was great card. performed exceptionally well for me for a long time, but it's just not good enough anymore. 
Yeah. And if you try to, you know, run your list straight out of your closet that has three Huntmaster of the Fells in it, it's not going to work very well, especially with Top Gone. Yeah. So you're saying I should empty my shopping cart of Phyrexian Plague Lords right now? Yeah, probably. Probably yeah. a good idea. <laughs> and, and, and to kind of kind of go on what Kevin just said, uh, that's the thing too. Uh, a lot of the us who are more serious about this deck, uh, I know there's I, I've heard every joke in the book. Oh, you know every I've, joke in the I've book. I've heard every I've heard joke, every, and some of you probably haven't. Yeah, and <laughs> and one thing that a lot of people don't realize about the deck is that we're serious about this deck, but we also very very serious about uh, card evaluation uh, and also like you know kind of getting public perception of the deck to let people know that we do really think about every card that goes in these decks. Uh, there is a very yeah, legitimate reason. It looks like reason. a mishmash. It's not. Yeah. That everything is there, uh, you know, and we try for like Kevin and I and like a lot of the people that are part of our Discord channel, uh, we have really tried uh, very hard uh, when somebody new comes in uh, to try and instill that that um, that mantra in them that, hey, you know, these are cards you want to look at because these cards are good and we've tested them and these are things that you can do uh, and, you know, take a look at this and think about it. Because that's what we're always doing. We're always thinking about it. We're always thinking about what's next, what's good. Every set we look at and go, okay, what's this card do? How does this work? Is this actually do anything? You know, that sort of thing. So, Like I said, those of us that play modern and standard can kind of bring that perspective back, which is good. Um, for sure. You know, I, yeah. I'm one of those people who's uh, – and this is something that, you know, I've always tried to do because especially with uh, Reddit, uh, Reddit's – pretty, you know, hard on Nick Fit at times. Oh, I felt so bad for Sam Higgins while I was at Eternal Weekend. Yeah. He was de- he was trying to do the best damage control he could on the Legacy Reddit. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was just awful. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. And, and some of those people okay, on we... there, they don't they don't get it, and I, I understand that. I, I understand that why they don't get it. They, they look at the deck and they see a meme. Uh, and I'm yeah. always one of the ones that's always on there. I've always been one of the most outspoken... Uh, you know, people for Nick Fit uh, on Reddit, especially uh, where he's like, "Hey, you know, no, no, this is this deck can do stuff. We we are not just you know messing around. You know, we are serious competitive players who want to actually you know do stuff. And you know, I'm planning myself on going to at least two more uh, competitive events within the first you know part of the year. But like Kevin said, it's hard for me you know to get out, and I'm. 34 years old, I have a daughter, you know, I have a wife, you know, it's kind of hard for me to get out to every, you know, competitive, I can't grind Star City events like, you know, everybody can. Uh, you know, it's an interesting, it's interesting that you bring that up, just in a, kind of a quick aside. It, as it occurs to me, as, you know, we're sitting here talking about this, the, the Nick Fit community as a whole is composed of oddly similar individuals. Um... You know, a lot of us have very similar music tastes. A lot of us have, you know, obviously a shared interest in Nick Fit. And a lot of us are a little bit older. Yeah. Um, you know, we're a little bit more, you know, kind of the wizened explorers, I guess you could say, of, of Legacy. And, you know, I, I think that that's something that kind of negatively impacts Nick Fit's perception as well. Because, you know, since we are all a little bit older, we don't get, you know, we, we don't go to every single Star City that has a Legacy main or classic and try to grind it. You know, I'm not flying halfway across the country to play in a Legacy GP. I'll go to any that are, like, within driving distance. Sure, yeah. But I'm not going beyond that. 
and you know when there are relatively few skilled Nick Fit players that are capable of top aiding a large event, you know that really adds up. That really hurts. Uh, we don't have the the young blood, you know the the twenty year old college students that are going to every event that they possibly can. Like those people don't choose Nick Fit for their deck. So just uh, this is an interesting thought that occurred to me. Um, I propose uh, Nick Fit and Sneak and Show form a voting block uh, because <laughs> the Sneak and Show community is also, you know, downtrodden in, in the Magic community <laughs> at times as a, a meme deck. Oh, you so told I, me before. Toddler with a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've never heard that one. Congrats on telling me one I've never heard before. I actually like that one. <laughs> But uh, yes, Nick Fit and Sneak and Show can form a voting block to stand <laughs> against the salty Delver players. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so many salty Del- Delver players. Yes. Oh yeah. They... Also salty Eldrazi players. Well, see. D- Although to be fair, that one's their own fault because they picked Eldrazi to play. <laughs> that deck is miserable. Oh man, your lucky Pat's off the cast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of a uh, lot of Delver players in my area, and uh, they're all they're always all like, whenever I show up to locals, they're like, and they get paired up against them, like, oh, well, I guess I'm losing. Yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare for Delver. <laughs> oh, they hate they <laughs> hate me. Just a flat nightmare. And and they know um, that's what I'm on too, because they know I don't I don't really ever play anything else. Right. Uh, although I have considered you know showing up to one of our you know uh, what we call our proxy events and uh, showing up with something you know completely off the wall just to throw them off. <laughs> you know, so maybe some sort of like Stompy build or stacks or something like that. Just uh... <laughs> oh. Spe- speaking of Stompy, uh, Kevin, did you choose Nick Fit for Eternal Weekend uh, because it had such a great pirate Stompy matchup? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I did. Yeah, I, I sadly because I don't play on Moto, I never got to experience that. But <laughs> I, I can only imagine the first time I have a vet out and they play one of their stupid brigand things that make me sack a permanent. I'm like, you got it, go for <laughs> like, it. That's great, right? Yeah, I actually yeah, like that, um, that had to be amazing for us. I actually played against a guy that was trying to play that list on. Uh, oh yeah. X-Mage. And uh, he played hostage taker against me. Like, <laughs> that's, actually, that's probably okay. actually like good. I was like, all right, that's that's fine. And I was like, he took my tireless tracker. I was like, all right, this, that's cool. Yeah. Like, here's this pernicious deed on the whiteboard board now. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, that was a that was a very interesting weekend. Let's just say that. Um, uh, <laughs> as um, Jerry knows, uh, I'm good friends with uh, Lawrence. Uh, he's a local to my area. And, uh, so I, I reached out to him early on in that during the whole situation. And, <laughs> uh, so the memory, the memory of Reddit was just way too good that weekend. Yeah. So. Oh boy. Um, in all seriousness though, you know, how did you, did you find the list? You know, you came in 10th place, so did well, <laughs> you know, what do you think, uh, you were missing to get those extra couple breakers to, uh, make it into top eight? Uh, not mulliganing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, 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 I am happy to say that my only two losses that entire day were to two good friends of mine, both of whom did top eight. So, you know, if, if nothing else, 
you know, I, I lost to people that like I said you know, I was friends with that you know that, that felt good to kind of help them along in their way. Yeah. Now that being said, obviously I would have preferred to have won one or both of those. Um, both of them were playing Delver, so you know it's a good matchup for me. But it's like you know, when I was playing against uh, my friend Eric Virgo, who's on Rug Delver top aided. Um, so you know, game game one, he wins the die roll, and I mold a five. So like I'm mold a five against Rug Delver that's on the play. Like you're, you know that that's that's a death warrant. Like you just die. It doesn't matter how good your Nick Fit matchup is, yep. or, or how good your your Delver matchup is on Nick Fit. You, you you're just dead. <laughs> like you're not recovering from that. Um, and then you know game three was very much the same. I almost pulled out game three against him, but he had a uh, very very crucial stifle at a very bad time. Um, so that was unfortunate. But, you know, that's just kind of where it comes. You know, the, the deck has a very, very positive Delver matchup, but especially with Top gone, there's only so much you can really do in a game. You know, we don't play Brainstorm. We, we have a lot of draw, you know, like the Trackers and the Nissas and all that, Sylvan Libraries as a pair. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, my game three against Brian Koval, who's the other friend that I lost to the Top aided. Um I kept a very reasonable hand. It was uh, four lands and three spells, one of which was a Sylvan Library. Well, the Sylvan Library got Cabal Therapied, and over the course of the next legitimately, like, nine draw steps, because he had a very slow clock that game, I drew a Sakura Tribelder and eight lands. Ow. And, like, that, that's that's not a game of magic. That's not... I don't d- do anything, and... Brian actually showed me his hand after the game. He had, like, nothing. He had, like, a daze was his only interaction that he'd been able to find. So, like, if I drew a deed or a wish or an escape or anything at any point, he was just dead. But, you know, I just drew lands instead. So that's not a problem with the deck. That's just variance. And over the course of an 11-round tournament, you're going to have a little bit of that here or there. Um, you know, so I, just, I needed to run slightly better, um, but I'm certainly not displeased. Yeah, I mean that's it was a seven hundred person tournament. I got oh, tenth. Yeah. Like that's that's fine. <laughs> especially yeah, I mean I, especially that I had the same record, you know, I only really missed on breakers and I know that Brian had two buys coming into the event. So if he didn't have those buys or if I'd had any, any buys, then you know, that might have made up the difference in those breakers and then I might have been in the in the eighth seed instead. Yeah. So, you know, it's just at the point at which you get that close, it's just little, little, little things yeah. like that. And, you know, so I certainly, you know, like I said in the, uh, in the interview on camera, I think that the list was basically a hundred percent correct. Uh, the only question really was whether the pulse of Morassa in the sideboard should have been another combo hate card, probably a third surgical extraction. Cause there was just, for some reason, there was just an absurdly high amount of reanimator in that room. Apparently, yeah, which yeah. I just yeah, don't, I don't yeah. understand that. I was shocked at how much reanimator. There's a lot of lands Same. too. I mean, it didn't convert. Like the, none of the, I don't know that I saw a reanimator. Like after about halfway through the day, I don't know that I saw one for the rest of the day. Which I mean, when you're walking into a room with probably what. I think it was like 1,800, 2,100 Deathrite Shamans, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that kind of goes to figure. Right. I mean, I think it was like the fifth most popular deck in the room. Yeah. Third, I believe. Third most popular? Jeez. It was Delver, Check, and then uh, then Reanimator, I believe, on their metagame breakdown. Damn. 
Yeah, it was pretty just, high. Just ridiculous. Um, but you know, luckily I managed to dodge all of those particular landmines, so that was that was fortuitous for sure. Um, but that's really the only change that I would have made. Like other than that, I think the list is the list was good. So, and I still think the list is fine. Like I mean, you know, the meta hasn't really changed from where it was. We're still in a very, you know, a very well suited for Nick Fit metagame at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are definitely well positioned currently. So you know, I would just. You know, if I, I mean, if I had a Star City or something like that to run it back at, I would do that. Now, I chose not to go to D.C. Um, because, you know, I, I had just traveled. I wasn't about to travel for another weekend again, and it was Halloween weekend, so I had plans. Yeah, and I, I couldn't was still do getting food poisoning. God, yeah, that Star fun. City Games was such so, a punt of a schedule. Like, on Halloween. It happens every year. Yeah. It happens every, every yeah. year. It's, it's either Star City or, you know, I, I, I love him. But uh, Michael Caffrey, who runs Tales of Adventure, has scheduled Eternal Extravaganzas a week away from Eternal Weekend before. Um, yeah, it's just it's it always happens every year that there's always two major legacy events back to back, and I just I can never make both of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, for sure, it's, it's not going to happen. Like spread them out, guys, because there's like a six month period where there aren't any major events. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, if we had one every three months instead or something, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, right. for sure. But yeah, you know, so if if I had gone to DC, um, I would have definitely just run the list back the same way, same list. Next grade. I'd have probably played Knicks. That felt yeah. a lot of fun that yeah, weekend to play. Defensible, certainly a defensible option. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, see, yeah, my weekend was just like completely awful. I played like hot awful the whole weekend, and yeah, it was just it was bad. Uh, I, I think Kevin and I talked about it a little bit after the fact. I think I got into my own head a little bit that weekend. Yeah. And uh, just kind of, like, let some little things get to me here and there. Uh, and, of course, uh, as we joke, and uh, even though it was, like, the most pleasant match I, game I had all day, <laughs> I sat down for round one, and I sit down across from Bryant Cook. And, of course, <laughs> you know... Storm is, you, you know, crushed just, him, right? You yeah, crushed Brian no, 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 but I will say, I will say that that much is true. Uh, I, I, I genuinely had a really, really pleasant experience, uh, playing against him. Um, yeah, he is a great guy. Yeah, he, he seems like he also has the, um, the awkward issue for, uh, fellow Nick Fit players that, you know, because he's a, he was a Jupiter regular for years and he's a mythic regular. You know, he has either played against me or watched me or any of the people who copycat me play so many times at this point that you know, he knows the Nick Fit matchup yeah. inside and yeah. out much, much more than any other Storm player does. Yeah. So, you know. yeah, and that was one of his first questions was like, hey, do you know Kevin? I was like, yeah, yeah, I know Kevin. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, Kevin and I play a lot, a lot together. So Kevin always shows up to these events and he uh, or the, to the uh, lo- local events with uh, sideboards yeah. specifically tuned to beat me. <laughs> like, that's not quite true but no there's no shame i do it <laughs> he, uh, he has the uh the slight awkward situation that a lot of and i will i will go so far as to say that you know this is intentional a lot of the way i build my sideboards he gets a lot of splash hate you know, things like um uh, i can like white builds things like sanctum prelate that i'm not running specifically for him but it's really good against him. No, yeah, I, sure. I keep uh, I keep four mind break traps in my wallet next to the condom, you know, just in case of Brian. 
but you know, um, actually my, uh, when I sat down across from, cause I, I've actually, I meant I can uh, officially count myself as, uh, in the, uh, B turned one club, uh, by him. On Moto. <laughs> uh, I've played against him a couple of times on Moto and I sat down. I was like, yeah, I've played against you online before. And he's like, Oh, he goes, yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, so get a, a life, Brian. Go outside. A, a really There's good, an outside. <laughs> we had a really good set of matches. We really games. We really did. And he was, like I said, he was super pleasant, you know, to talk yeah. to and, and to get to meet and stuff. And just really, I I didn't have a bad experience the whole weekend uh, with uh, you know anything, you know, honestly, other than my own play. <laughs> like, and that's just me having to sit down and re- reorganize some things and figure stuff out and figure out what I'm doing wrong and, uh, yeah. you know, psyching myself out a little bit at these events. But um, I think uh, I'm kind of back on a little bit more of a better testing regiment a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to help a little bit, I think. So just playing more games, getting more reps, doing some more stuff. Uh, thankfully, my local area is now starting to kind of get back into – uh, trying to get uh, legacy firing, we've been having some issues this past month, past year, uh, and uh, they're trying to get back to getting that to fire better uh, by offering some proxy events to get people interested who are maybe in the process of building decks and uh, you know can't play because their decks are not done yet or something like that. And so we're trying, we're trying to grow grow that a little bit, and uh, so it, it's helping, uh, and that's going to help some regular play as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just being consistent. Like, even if you don't have enough to fire, uh, get everyone who did show up and all like test legacy with each other. Yeah. If people, if people just Mm -hmm. know, come to this place at this time on this day and you will be able to play legacy, they will come (laughs) for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, it's just one of those things. I just got to kind of get back into my, back to my routine. I felt I felt like I was a little underprepared for Eternal Weekend, mm-hmm. um, and that's really just what it boiled down to. I didn't really prepare enough, I think, uh, and I was too focused on worrying about like stuff like checkpile, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Because, well, rightfully so. I, I write a lot of, like I said, I write a lot of legacy content, and I've been following the meta a lot lately. And Mon Moto Meta is a lot of checkpile. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been converting in paper though it, no it hasn't no not at all and yeah, they were talking we, about that on last week's cast with Min and Lawrence mm, yeah just uh, kind of why uh, check pile just doesn't do nearly as well in paper especially uh, mm-hmm. you know the larger events yeah so awesome well anything else you guys want to talk about Nick Fit before we kind of dive into listener questions um Bring on the questions. I think we pretty much covered all that. We'll probably we'll probably go into stuff off the questions anyway. So there's there's lots of riffing off the questions. There's some good questions. Uh, So most popular question is what is Nick Fit? (laughs) (laughs) It's a legacy Um, deck. Yeah, it's a legacy deck. Origins with the pile of seventy six legal cards. (laughs) Seventy six. Seventy (laughs) six. I'm not registered in exit list that is not 76 cards. I don't think ever. Uh, men after my own heart. <laughs> I've I I have tried running just flat 60, and I swear it just it never works. No, it <laughs> never works as well. That that good like, luck charm. My list I played at Grand Prix was six, was was 76 total. Yeah. yeah. 
truthfully, it is. I think it actually, I think it has something to do with the fact that you pull out. Well, I mean, it's half that you pull out so many cards from your deck, especially lands. Um, you know, you're, you're frequently keeping parity with 60-card blue decks in terms of, like, cards in your deck. Um, and it's also partially that you're a Green Sun Zenith toolbox deck. Yeah. And sometimes you have extra toolboxes in addition on top of that. Mm-hmm. So the cost of having that extra card is so minimal. I mean, it is a cost. I'm not going to say it's not. But overall... I don't know. Like I said, it's it, I've played sixty one and Nick Fit for you know like six years, something like that. And at this point, it's just it's never been a problem for me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get hate for that. But I don't really. I don't really care. Nah, in, I'm same way. Yep. In essence, though, it's a veteran explorer cabal therapy uh, shell that you know yep. kind of ramps into. Things that you usually don't see in Legacy because they're way too expensive. But it is definitely a control deck mm-hmm. uh, in its ethos for sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, that you know, Rhino versions, it, and that's why I believe Rhino versions don't work as well, is because they try to be more beat down. But overall, you're a green black X ramp control deck that leans on Pernicious Deed to clean up a lot of its problems. Um, you know, Cabal Therapy is obviously very important. Um, and, you know, beyond that, it's really just whatever engines you want to strap to the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an incredibly customizable deck. You can do, you can do pretty much anything with it. You know, again, you, maybe you don't necessarily want to, but you can. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, I personally subscribe to the theory that NickFit is best when it has a combo in it. Yeah, um, I do like the combo the, builds. There are a lot of, you know, value piles and, you know, just like flat control versions that don't work as well because they tend to have very glacial clocks and that can cause a lot of problems, <laughs> including player fatigue, including time in the round, just all kinds of yeah, all kinds of problems. When you can just untap and so. kill them with like a scape shift or a sneak attack yep. or something like that, yep. like it's just you end games, you get there quicker. It's just a lot more. And it lets you. Um, it also lets you kind of cover some of your bad matchups. Yeah, you know, like being able, you know, uh, you know, come case in point, my uh, storm matchup on camera at Eternal Weekend. You know, being able to ramp up to a scape shift while disrupting them a little bit. Um, you know, that, that feels pretty good <laughs> because, yeah, if you had to do the same thing, but instead of playing a shift, you're playing like a four mana creature. Well, you know, you're dead when he untaps yeah. basically at that point in the game. So, you know, being able to answer their combo with a combo of your own definitely helps in a lot of Nick Fitz's more historically problematic matchups. Just being able to close out a game when you need it to be closed out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Yep. So, green, black, X, sometimes green, black, XX, various splashes of colors. Um, But really, NickFit is what you want it to be, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very personalizable deck. Yes, there are, you know, the various builds and archetypes of it that we have talked about, but I feel a lot of it can be very personalized to individuals and what they want to play. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I subscribe to the theory that if you are playing something that you want to play, that you're happy playing, you're going to play it better. Too. Yeah. 
you know that that kind of that kind of ties back in a little uh a little wickedly to my opinion of Eldrazi as a deck, which is that nobody is really happy playing it, so <laughs> nobody plays it particularly well. Um, wow. I don't know. That's just that's my own personal stereotype of them. I played against that deck so much locally because there were a few guys that built into it. So by the time like this was all going up to to Grand Prix Columbus, so by the time I got to Grand Prix mm. Prix Columbus, I knew that matchup like the back of my hand just because I played against it every week at locals. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Well, I mean, Joe, you remember my admittedly exhausted, but also somewhat curmudgeonly Eldrazi opponent at Eternal Weekend. Yes. <laughs> yes. That that match was that matchup was gas though to watch. It was so much fun to watch. <laughs> so he's got a he I mean can we tell the story? It is, yeah, like, no, okay, okay. So he <laughs> so he's story. got his Eldrazi opponent's got Two thought, two two mimics and a thought not seer in play, and there's a jeet in play, and it's attached to one of those creatures, and like I'm just sitting there watching, and you know, the dude's swinging in for damage, and Kevin's just kind of holding back, not really doing a whole lot, and then all of a sudden there's a Thrak Dusk, and then he gains. It should be noted that I was at one. Yeah, you were you were you were a very low life total. Makes a Thrak Tusk, he. Sacks that Thrag Tusk to Cabal Therapy and hits the Reality Smasher in the guy's hand. Gets the Beast token. Stonewalls the Thought Not Seer with it. And then he untaps and casts Nissa Vital Force. <laughs> and I'm sitting here watching him, and the entire time he's floating a second Nissa with Sylvan Library. <laughs> and I'm like... I wanted to do it just so like, bad. Oh, just kill the Nissa. Like, do it. And then he'll count tap and cast the second one. Well, his opponent blanks on combat for some reason. I don't know why he did. He just he could, he didn't have a profitable swing. Yeah. He had a five five. He had a five five like, land, and and all I he had was a back up yeah. a bit on life at that point. Yeah, he didn't want to like if he swung in with a thought knot, I get a card off of yeah. it. Yeah, like, so yeah, that was pro- pretty bad for him. So he goes to, he goes to his turn and he recurs the Thrag Tusk and casts the Thrag Tusk again with off of Nissa. Oh. And at this point in the game, and I'm sitting here in my you can mind, see the Eldrazi player's shoulders starting to slump. A yeah, little bit. and now at this point in the game, the corner is completely turned. Uh, that was the point where right about around now, I think, is when he got the jit. He didn't have the jit to begin with no. because if he did, this would have never happened. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. So he he he. I ended that game at 21. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> gross. Yeah. So and that's that's where we talk about you know Nissa. You know, being such a good card, and uh, you know, I know we're yeah, not really the only <laughs> only ones. You know, who have actually hit upon that. You know, elves plays that card now. I was going to say elves I know. comes I, immediately yeah. in mind. The elves players are well aware of the bullshit of that card. Yeah, I've, oh, seen, yeah. I've seen some bug players running it for like the control matchups. Like, I believe it. I yeah. need to get on that card. It's a pretty absurd card. It, it it does everything you could ever possibly want. Um, yep. And uh, honestly, if they're like. Killing your land Turns creature into divinations. If they're killing your land creature, <laughs> that's just fine. Yeah, <laughs> like that means they're not swinging on her and kill it, or killing her or throwing a removal spell at something else that you want to have in play. And what then the? You just get it back. Like they're like two fifty. Yeah, on... they're they're cheap. Yeah. The, oh yeah. They're, they're super they're cheap. cheap. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Jesus. All right. Foil so Japanese copies of Nissa Vital Force it is. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. I need a second German foil. I only have one. Uh, I, need, I, I need I need to pick up second. two German ones myself. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's something about Nick Fit players in, in German. 
Like I said, we're all like almost the same yeah. person. Yeah, like quite literally, <laughs> we both love German. Like uh, I have, I have a friend who's German, and like so, she's kind of like helped you know understand the language a little bit. But uh, like I've, I picked up German veteran explorers and German uh, cabal therapies this year. Uh, I'm still kind of trying to pick up uh, other stuff in German. Uh, so uh, actually, right after Eternal Weekend. Uh, Kevin tags me in a post in the German print run group and says, Hey, there's pernicious deeds here. So, and I went ahead and bought those and they're, they're fantastic. So those are tat. How yeah. are there no foil? And tat. Yeah. Uh, angry, evil act, literal translation. <laughs> so, Oh yes. The literal translation of German magic cards is just fantastic. Oh Yes. Just universally. Oh, yes. So what's our next question? I'm still disappointed that there are no Japanese foil-nisses available. (laughs) Too bad. Someone put one up for $100. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of money. That seems wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But oh so right? Uh, I don't know. Um, Brian Michael wants to know what is the most absurd creature you've seen played in Nick Fit? Absurd creature? Creature. Um, hmm. That's hard. I mean, Carnage Tyrant kind of tops a lot. Like, it's pretty absurd <laughs> when you look at the card and you're like, wait, what does this card do? Well, I mean, it depends on what variety, what definition of the word absurd you're going with. That's true. Um, I mean,. Yeah, I don't, I don't know on that one. I that's. I'd probably say um, if I had to for like the. I'm assuming he probably means absurd and more like goofy sense. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, yeah. So I, I would say probably for that, probably something like Simic Sky Swallower. Yeah, I've seen that card show up. That card's kind of dumb. That card's a little Atraxa. A little weird. Atraxa, I think, is is. I still think that there's something to Atraxa. I've never I don't liked think the that card. The, that her shell has yeah. has come out yet. But. She feels awkward to me, especially in a format that's defined by Caracas and Source of Plowshares. Eh, you know. It's not really defined by those cards at the moment. Well, true, but <laughs> you know, those are cards that show up a lot, so They do. They yeah. do. But we're definitely much more on the Grixis bug side of the spectrum. For sure, yeah. It's kind of out of favor. So other than death and taxes, because there will always be death and taxes. Somebody replied in the, that 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 to his question on there. It says Quagnoth. Oh yeah, <laughs> what is Quagnoth? That's a good I, one. I, I it's a pro blue thing from. It's a five drop pro blue creature from uh, from Future Sight. I know this because back in the day, I opened a box of Future Sight and I saw a foil alternate frame green card from the right hand side that was a rare. And I got very excited, and then it was a effing Quagnoth. Whenever, when a <laughs> spell or ability or an opponent controls causes you that. to discard Quagnoth, return it to your hand. <laughs> and it has split second. Good. I, that's what I need by big fat beaters is split second. And it costs six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Five and a green. Oh, my God. That's that's insane. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that That takes the cake for me. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, excellent. <laughs> uh, up next, we have 
Uh, Nick Bliss, uh, who's my friend on Nick's Nick's uh, show. Hi, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, I, had, Nick I had a great time meeting Nick at Eternal Weekend. Yeah, He's Nick's a very great guy. guy. Yeah, I've known Nick for a long time. Uh, he wants to know Jund or Junk. Uh, also, do you prefer a creature-centric deck or some semblance of combo? Uh, I guess we kind of already covered that a bit. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, I like the... I mean, I, I cheat with that, though, because, you know, like I said, I favor versions that use the creature somewhere in their combo. Um, you know, Primeval Titan feeds very nicely into Valakut. Uh, sneak attack, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with its Titans. So, you know, I, I definitely like the ability to play a fair game with the creatures, a mid range game. But at the same time, I like being able to do unfair things as well. I'm on the same. Uh, so the I kind of, I kind of, I kind of sit squarely on the fence on that one. Yeah. Uh, as far as Jonder Junk goes, I mean, yeah, I I tend to like Jund a bit better. I've I've had historically certainly much more success with Jun builds, but I definitely guilty pleasure enjoy a good whitelist. And I actually, you know, I'm going to be playing a whitelist on Saturday, um, just because the way Mythic's metagame is set up, the Jun builds are not particularly good up there. Um, so I have to kind of adapt what I'm doing a little bit to the room to actually be able to do well. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at, too. I'm probably going to play Nyx locally for a while because, uh, mm-hmm. as most people are, are unaware of, uh, Dayton, Ohio is the land's capital of the Dagon world. <laughs> uh, uh, there's there's a fair amount of those up here. Uh, we've got, like, four lands players just locally, and, and they all show up to, like, Ugh. regular <laughs> events. And it's like, oh, really? The the only saving grace is there is that they have to play water. against each other, right? <laughs> Which is so every round goes to time. Yeah. Universally. Oh yeah. So, but it's it's fine. Uh, I'm I'm in the same boat. I, I like having a way to like just like kill the player if they have to, uh, but also like being able to just cast creatures. Uh, I do really like the Academy Rector version, uh, as Nick asks about in his question. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I do really like that version a lot because I I've. I also at one time also played Enchantress for a little for a hot minute, and I actually ended up selling all my Enchantress stuff because Enchantress felt really bad after Top got banned. Yeah, uh, because uh, Leovold started rising in prominence, and Enchantress huh? just dies hard Can't to Leovold. Leovold. <laughs> like <laughs> that deck is not good against That's Bug Dot deck. Like Abrupt Decay and Leovold Dot deck is just not a good time for Enchantress. Uh, Speaking of bug, it entertains me that uh, bug was not an option in his question. Uh, and if somebody asked about that, like I think bug is best positioned right now. I don't really think that's true. Uh, Here's the thing with bug, and th- this is kind of where the source has come down on bug over time. Um, the problem with bug is that it is a ridiculous value deck. For sure, bug Nickfit is capable of generating more value. Then I mean it, it dwarfs checkpile like it it just it is so much value, but value doesn't actually win games. No, uh, it can in vintage, but this is legacy. Yeah, and in legacy, it's just it's not efficient enough at winning games. You know, there are builds that are running like two Jace the Mind Sculptor, two Nissa Vital Force that are probably the best. Uh, the bug has to offer, yeah. Um, but it just Vert. it just never works out because part of the problem is that if you're playing bug, what are you getting from being blue? Right, you're getting baleful Strix, which is granted uh, an amazing card, yeah. 
but it's not a clock. It's a 1-1. One, one. Um, you're getting Brainstorm, Ponder, Gataxian Probe. You want to be playing some number of those. You know, People have tried playing the full 12 of them, but what you frequently come up with then is that you don't have enough slots left in your deck to actually do anything yep. with. Because you have your four vets, your four therapies. You know, at that point, you're already at 20 cards out of your deck. And then, like, you just, you have room for, what, like, 18? Yeah. 19 cards that do anything? And that's not a lot when you have to consider zeniths and removal and actual win cons and deeds. And there's just, there's not enough space in the deck. So you can't run those cards. So it puts you in a really awkward deck building space. Yeah. The version that I played on Moto last last weekend last weekend yeah yeah, yeah. It was like you know the jace you know strix version but it played mm-hmm. you know titania uh and mm-hmm. um nissa you know it's kind of like his top end and marin of yep. clan neltoff which marin is was great actually in that deck that was actually yeah. a lot of fun in that deck because recurring baleful strix is like every turn it's like yeah. the legitimate value but again it's all it is is value that's all you're doing yep. you're not actually winning I mean, the game Historically, the two bug versions that have been good were the Deadeye Navigator version and the Birthing Pod version. And the Birthing Pod version has just hilariously fallen off at this point. It's too slow. In no, well, it's too slow, and it has the additional problem now that Colagon's command. Yeah, well, yeah, that card's... Mm. And that is a nightmare yeah. for a Birthing Pod version. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Deadeye, Deadeye is weird. Deadeye, you know, really there was only ever uh, Kyle Weaver that played the Deadeye version. Uh, he was a local friend of mine. Uh, and he did pretty well with it. But I tried it a couple times, and I could never make the thing work. So I think that it comes down to kind of like um, Leshrac on Source, his like weird like hybrid cloud post Nick Fit thing, um, where... There are versions of Nickfit that come along every once in a while that are so tuned and so perfect to the play style of their specific pilot and designer that nobody can replicate them. Yeah. And that's kind of tragic in a way because I think that there are – like the Deadeye list, like I said, I think that there is definitely still something there. I think that that was quite good, but I'll be damned if anyone can do it other than Kyle. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, well, he like, really get to play very much anymore. There, so. there was that list that um, Andrea played with uh, Natural Order. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the bug list that it he just played. looks like a steaming pile to me. Yeah. But evidently, it does well on Moto in the hands of somebody. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So Jordan uh, was wondering about the bug fit. Uh, Jeremy Tibbetts wants to know. Uh, I think he's referring to the Siege Rhino version. Why do most people splash white when you get nothing out of it? I, I don't think that's true. I, I, I think obviously not even considering the Academy Rector version. Cause yeah. So Rector, what? Not yeah. Not let's just discount the Academy Rector yeah, version because obviously that is predominantly <laughs> yeah. white. Right. Um, but you know, for the green, black, white kind of mid rangey controly kind of things. So my uh, delirium list, which has done pretty well for me, and is the my my main candidate for mythic, um, that deck could very easily be straight green black. Uh, it started life as straight green black. It could, like I say, with the exception of like two cards in the main deck, it's basically green black. But what white gives you 
is it gives you some of the best sideboard options for sure. in the entire game. Yeah. Like white sideboard is just just absolutely just gas. Yeah. Um and Aether Swarm so Cannonist. Oh yeah. Know, prelay. And, and you know, those kind of things. Cumball. Yeah. Cumball. Cumball, yeah. Oh, Wildly God. unreasonable card. Card's insane. Containment um, Priest, though no one should ever play Containment Priest. Yeah, okay, Jerry. Uh, don't play Containment Priest in Nick Fit because you're a Green Sun Zenith deck. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just don't do that. I mean, um, that, but more I was thinking for the Emrakul and Grizzlebrands of the world. Just, you know, well, be, be kind, yeah, be kind but... to your big fat fatties. <laughs> I mean, that's what Palos Jailers for. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the the sideboard is really where it's at for white. Um, and then, like, Sigarda. You know, beyond that, see, I don't even think Sigarda's that good anymore. She's not, she's not it, anymore. It really pains me to say yeah. that, because Sigarda was the top of the roost for a long oh, yeah. time, and I really hope that she's not going the same way that Huntmaster did. Yeah. But right now, at least... There are so many damn Baleful Strixes in this format that she doesn't do anything. Yeah. She doesn't get through in the air anymore. Like, it used to be you'd stabilize on the ground, you'd set up a nice, you know, a nice uh, wall flesh on the ground. They can't swing in. You get Sigarda out. They can't screw with her. They can't remove her at all. And then you just fly in the air. Yeah. And, and Baleful Strix that doesn't really that. work out anymore. Yeah. Especially recursive baleful strixes with K command. Yeah. Um, like it just it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So you know, Sigarda was one of the main draws to white and she's just not good enough anymore. Yeah. Um so I, I overall I agree with him that, you know, white is kind of falling a little bit by the wayside. Um white is kind of where Jund was, you know, like uh, two years ago or so. Where you know it hasn't received, it hasn't been the the beneficiary of power creep in standard for a while, which means that for us in legacy, it's kind of falling off a little bit. Um, but you know, if anything has been learned from the fact that scape wish is viable again, it's that you know the format is cyclical, you know, especially for Nick Fit. You know, wizards will continue to eventually cycle around and printing new pushed things and standard for all color combinations because it's what they do. Yeah, it's what they have to do in order to keep standard interesting to all players or to you know all demographics. I don't know color identities of players. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, eventually it will cycle back around for junk. They'll get some very pushed things, and then you know it'll be fine again. But right now it's basically just leaning on the strength of its white cards. You know, I, I agree with that. Or it's uh, cyborg cards. Gaddick Teague. Ugh, don't get me started. Yeah. No, don't bring that name up. <laughs> I'm, I'm virulently opposed to Gaddick Teague. Uh, yeah, he right. never did much for me anyways. Good. D- tell yeah. people to stop running Gaddick Teague. Yeah. The only, the only, so the, the only game that, that Gaddick Teague actually won me a game at, cause I played him on my sideboard at Grand Prix Columbus. And the only game that he actually won me a game against was uh, my game three against Belcher. Uh, and I, I, I shredded apart her, her hand, and I slapped a Gaddick Teague into play, and then I just couldn't lose at that point. <laughs> like, that was it. That was that was literally all I had to do to win that game was just make a Gaddick Teague and mm-hmm. stick it. The problem with Gaddock Teague is that fundamentally Green Sun Zenith is one of our best Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And turning off our own Green Sun Zenith is awful. Like, 
I'm I'm a fan of Salt the Earth strategies. You know, I I definitely you know I ran Blood Moons in Sneak Fit. Um, I contemplated running Blood Moons in the sideboard of Scape. Um, you know, for a long time in the very early versions uh, that I was running, you know, like with the Recurring Nightmare and the the Kamigawa Dragons, I would sideboard a Humility for Sneak and Show in particular because you just wrecked her into Humility, and then you're like, well. I have a lot more one ones in my deck than you do, and I can cast mine. Yeah, uh, and like it feels awful because like other people are going to try to humility you, and then you're doing it yourself. But like it won games, um, so yeah, I'm a fan of those kind of strategies. You know, sawing off your leg to to literally just kill your opponent, but Gadok T just never ends up working out because you always need your zeniths yeah even in combo matchups you need your zeniths to be able to apply sufficient pressure yeah like i said that was like the only matchup the entire weekend that he really like did a thing in and that was after it was right after that that i actually ended up cutting him out of my sideboard i would very much rather run like any other combo hate card in my sideboard over i really like canonist canonist is really good canonist is good Kambal is insane yeah I ran Campbell. I ran Campbell for a while in my sideboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That card was really good. Yeah. Really, that's that's something. I have kind of like a, a mental checklist. Uh, whenever I see a new set, that I always look through um, stuff that would be large upgrades for Nick Fit that don't currently exist that I think are reasonable for them to print that one day we might get. And you know, one of the the top items on that list for sure is more green sunnable hate creatures. Oh yeah. You know, Heck yeah. More green sunnable hate creatures that don't screw us as well. You know, like a green sunnable thorn of amethyst, for example, like a thorn of amethyst bear or something like that would just be absolutely insane for us. Um, but you know, we haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> so hopefully one day, but Definitely want something that's not cat octagon. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a lot of repeat <laughs> repeats now. Um, oh, I'm sure. Uh, <clears throat> oh, here we go. Orin wants to know what's the most ridiculous card you could slip into Nick Fit and have people go. That seems reasonable. <laughs> so I have a story for that. <laughs> okay, go for it. Um, <clears throat> I mean. One of them I kind of already touched on a little bit earlier, which is that, you know, in the in the wee early days, uh, we used to run, like, Debtor's Nell. One of the other things we used to run uh, shortly thereafter actually was Recycle, which was a lot of fun. Um, Recycle is a, a four-mana enchant... Or a, a six-mana, four and a green... Four green-green, there we go, um, that you skip your draw step, but whenever you play a spell, you draw a card. Um, actually, it might be spell or land. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time since I played that. Whenever you play a card, okay, I was right. Draw a card, and then your maximum hand size is reduced to two, which like doesn't matter. Um, which that card was a lot of fun with Sensei's Divining Top. Um, like that was a, a very nice draw engine. Um, but the one that uh, I want to kind of go into. So I. I'm a kind of a brewer at heart. You know, I try a lot of different things in Nick Fit shells. Some of them work, like Scape Wish and Sneak Fit. Uh, some of them don't at all. Uh, 
long time ago, I don't know, it's probably like four or five years ago at this point, I definitely messed with a panoptic mirror. <laughs> uh, because, wow. you know, it, you can run, you can run the, because uh, around that time, um, Turbolands was still a deck. The, the like, Horn of Greed, Exploration, like, Time Walk, or Time Warp, that type of thing. Blue-green deck. Um, so I was like, okay, well, you know, this is kind of cool. Let's try to see if we can you know, appropriate that and if that would work. Because we have the mana already inherently that we could get away with playing Panoptic Mirror. And we can, like, imprint Time Warp on it and take infinite turns. It sounds great. Uh, didn't really work. <laughs> but uh, was, yeah, that kind of fits the uh, criteria, I think, of that, you know, it was something pretty absurd, but yet also kind of reasonable. I got one for you. Because uh, <laughs> right, it's in the, it. uh, in the, actually, the thread here that somebody posted. Deploy the gate watch. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have actually Collected seen, there is a walkers. list that, there, um, I'm sure you're, you're both are familiar with Strifo. Uh, mm-hmm. That guy plays all sorts of crazy stuff, and he, oh, his yes. stuff's always very oh, yes. interesting to watch, but he has played a, a deploy the gate watch list uh, of mm-hmm. McFit, and uh, it's like four of Nissa. And here's a bunch of deploy the yep. gate watches, and here's Ugans and Nicole Bolas, and <laughs> <laughs> like Nicole Bolas, God Pharaoh. Let's just like, right. But let's, 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 uh, to be fair, of... I think Nicole Bolas, God Pharaoh, is the better Nicole Bolas planeswalker. Mm. He's pretty gross. <laughs> probably. He's that card is gross. gross. If, if you can get that card into play, you are probably winning the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. So, of course, it's really awkward that gets red blasted though. Yeah, yeah. I mean that still hits that's original really Nicole Bolas too, though. Well, yeah, yeah. But... So yeah, that's that's uh that's something I, I've seen from time to time. That that seems to be kind of absurd, but at the same time, when you get right. access to a one mana green spell that's basically ponder. In a sense, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I guess I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also let you, you know, staple on effect of letting you be able to cast planeswalkers, you know, with paying any color or mana. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. All right, we're starting yep. to run out of time here, so we're going to take one more question. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Philip Fry wants to know: Are there any pet creatures that you want to run, but you know they aren't good enough? Oh, huh. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick, Nick uh, actually and, responded yeah. with all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I I wish Huntmaster was still good enough. You know, that's that's certainly one that kind of qualifies. Um, I I am higher on Marin of Clan Neltoth than most. Um, I like Marin. Even then, Marin. Marin straddles the line. Mm-hmm. Marin is frequently not good enough, um, but I think a lot of that is metagame based. Um, like, yeah, you know, obviously there's a lot of chatter about Deathrite Shaman potentially being banned, um, and if that were to happen, then Marin's stock goes through the through the roof. Yeah, just absolutely. Suddenly, Marin is amazing. You know, Deathrite definitely does a lot to keep her down. Um, so, but, you know, if she was a little bit more pushed, then, you know, maybe she might still be fine. But at the same time, if she was a little bit more pushed, then I I don't know what that would look like. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's Marin, Marin, I think is that creature for me. Cause I've, I've frequently had, you know, 
times where, yeah, she's great, you know, and she does exactly mm-hmm. what you want, and you're, like, recurring, like, Thrag Tusk every turn, and, like, oh, this is beautiful, mm-hmm. you've got a Phyrexian Tower in play, everything's great, <laughs> you're just sacking Thrag Tusks every turn, and making Thrag Tusks every turn, and gaining so much life. And then other times yeah. it's like, yeah, she just got Caracas or plowed, and... This is 3-4 brick. Yeah, this a is, four mana 3-4 yeah, brick. Is awful. So, yeah, yep. she definitely fits that that for me. Uh, somebody mentioned Gitrog Monster, and I like that card a lot, but mm. it's not yeah, Nick, probably... Nick Owen. Yeah, yeah. Gitrog is, he, is sadly not quite... Uh, yeah. As he, as he not points quite out, it's win more. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, that's certainly a, an issue that Nick Fit has in general, too, that you, you have to... Trying to find the line <laughs> with your you know, four to five mana standard creatures and cards that are banned in EDH <laughs> where, you know, where in here exactly is winning enough and not overkill. And that's overkill. So something that fun. unfortunately just kind of takes a lot of time playing the deck yeah. and playing the format to really know, like, it's not, it's not something I can really, it's not like a skill I can teach somebody. It's, it's kind of an intuitive thing that, you know, you just kind of know, after a while, y'all, you know, I need this many egregious bombs. I need this many removal spells. This many sweepers. Like it just kind of comes after a while. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it just takes time. Protean uh, um, yeah. Hulk say... is one oh, I would like to God. play around with at some point, but Protean Hulk, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to. Work. No, no, <laughs> definitely is it. It's definitely like I said, like definitely a little more. Protean falls into the into the uh, the tin fins category of cards. Yeah, which is it's powerful, very very powerful, but it exposes you to every form of. Oh thing, yeah, every form of interaction. You have to beat everything. Yep. Like tin fins is very explosive. It's very resilient. It's very good at what it does. But, you know, it's weak to creature hate, it's weak to graveyard hate, it's weak to storm hate, it's weak to discard, like, it's, it's just... It, to counter it's, magic. It <laughs> has to fight through everything. And it's kind of with the same space I assign Protean Hulk to. Yeah. Mm. Um, I will say Braden Defoe uh, said mine, uh, which is Spiritmonger. Uh, mm. I have fond memories mm. back in the day of sacking veteran explorers to Cabal Therapies and then casting Spirit Mongers on turn three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that card yeah. was pretty good at that uh, point. Yeah. Uh, it's one. It's the first ever player designed card. Spirit Monger was a uh, contest submission. Yes, <laughs> which yeah. is why it was like that. one of the most busted creatures for a very very long time of magic's history <laughs> yeah yeah well i think some of that was just because of its raw beef oh yeah it's like and, oh just a five know. mana six six when that's just yeah first of all unheard of then it also gets uh regenerate yeah and you can change its color somewhere along the way that stopped even being good enough <laughs> yep. thanks new world order and then whenever a creature dies or whenever it is whenever it kills a creature or deals damage to a creature put a plus one plus one counter on it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to get a little bit of a dig in there. That you know, as much as I'm the beneficiary in many ways of power creep, especially creature power creep, I, I definitely. Lorwyn was one of my absolute favorite sets, if not one of my, if not my favorite. Um, and the fact that New World Order came about in large part as a response to Lorwyn always kind of sat poorly with me, but. What are you going to do? Actually, that, that's a good one. Mole Drifter. <laughs> I have fond me memories some, of Mole Drifter. Give me some Mole Drifters. Let's, let's start recurring Nightmare with, with Mole Drifters. 
I wish that was good enough. Oh, maybe that'll be good enough for Bug Fit. Nah. No. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> if Consecrated Sphinx isn't good enough for Bug it. Fit, nothing is. Uh, that's yeah, probably really. that's a good point. <laughs> Consecrated Sphinx is good enough for Bug Fit until the fact that you consider that all the blue decks are running Pyroblast anyway. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, well, this feels real bad. Yeah, I didn't draw really any cards off of this. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when was Spiritmonger a Grand Prix promo? Oh, that was that was a while ago. I'm just looking up yeah. random Spirit yeah. pictures now. Yeah, <laughs> they're uh, they're very pretty. The the Grand Prix promo Spirit Mongers are very nice. Yeah, I mean I do love the OG art. I had one in a cube many years ago. Yeah, I do love the OG art, but that new Spirit Monger is, is mm-hmm. very nice, especially in the foil. Mm-hmm. Uh, fond memories of the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well. Uh, so, Kevin, we don't do shout-outs at the end of the show. We do scoops in the top eight. Um, so is, <laughs> okay. is there anyone that you, uh, you'd you like to scoop into top eight? Anyone you want to kind of give some recognition to or just say hello? <laughs> sure. Um, I, and Sam Higgins has worked for a very long time with me on a lot of uh, a lot of decks. Um, all of them Nick Fit. <laughs> uh, he started playing Scape Wish shortly after I did at Jupiter, and he had a lot of success with it there as well. And he's been a lot of help with a lot of a lot of versions. <laughs> I actually raid with him on WoW as well. Still. Nice. So we, we we frequently, you know, even like while we're raiding, we'll usually be like talking, like brewing, brewing in whispers back and forth between yeah. each other. <laughs> so that's a that's a good time. So but yeah, that's. That's definitely somebody. So nice. Uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, so, uh, like as I've mentioned before, uh, like one of the people has been actually really super responsible for helping me out a bunch, uh, helping me become a better player, helping me become a better competitive player uh, is uh, Lawrence Harmon. Uh, good friends with him. Uh, he have been for quite a while, uh, and so I really appreciate like everything he's done for me. Uh, and also, uh, he's also, uh, put me in touch with another person that I've since become super good friends with, uh, a guy by the name of Zach Denger. Uh, he's also another guy who's super good friends and, uh, seems to have like every card in the game. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> those are definitely you know, good friends to have. And so, yeah, he is, he has helped me quite a bit, uh, with, uh, you know, let me borrow stuff uh, on occasion. So I really appreciate it. Wanted to shout him out a little bit. So. Is he one of those Dutch stacks people with four tabernacles and four? No, yeah. not anymore, <laughs> it seems. But, it, you know, he used to have, like, uh, you know, a, a boatload of duels, and now he's kind of on the invocation game. He really likes his invocations. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, got, I, I should sleeve up, like, Dutch dead guy stacks, like four tabernacle, four, mo- four, <laughs> sure. four nether void, four abyss, four chains of Mephistopheles. Okay. You could play braid stacks. <laughs> It's like the most ungodly. It won't exp- even work out that well, though, because world enchantment rules. Yeah. Because that's ever relevant. Yeah. Oh, God, I know. What a stupid rule. <laughs> it only affects these these couple cards. Like, I think there's only like right. I think there's only like ten world enchantments that were ever printed. Yeah, it sounds about yeah, right. I think like three of them are playable. Yeah. Or like that. Concordant Crossroads is. Yeah. There's what? There's Nether Void Chains, uh, in the Eye of Chaos, Concordant Crossroads, and I don't think there are any others that are good enough. Yeah. No, definitely not any others that are good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But 
hey, if if you want to have the most blingy non-blue deck on the block, that's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. It's like, oh, your your blue dual lands are cute. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, good old stacks, players. <laughs> There we go. Uh, well, I definitely want to <laughs> scoop both of you guys in. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. No problem. Yep. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, also, wanted to scoop in Pat. Feeling a little under the weather today, so he couldn't make it with yeah, us. Yeah, I was kind of upset he couldn't make it. Yeah, he said something about, like, Joe just really smell it, like, through the microphone. Yeah, probably. Smell him. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah, so accurate. He, he mumbled it as he was, you know, turning to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but you know, sorry to see Pat not be able to make it tonight, but, uh, he, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a gift, Pat. You know, we're not going to do the dice game tonight, Pat. I know you'll be <laughs> editing this, so I will let you choose what song you want to play us out with tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Feel better, buddy. <laughs> um, Joe and Kevin, if people want to get a hold of you, maybe ask you some more questions, you know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, well, I mean, I'm on the, uh, the discord that he has, so yeah, me too. I'm sure he'll, he'll plug that. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously I'm Aryan Rod on source. Uh, so that's, uh, send me a message on there. That's, that's a good way. Uh, I do have Twitter, uh, at veteran explorer. You have the at veteran. I have at veteran explorer. I do have it. Um, I'm, I'm like really kicking myself that I didn't get on the magic naming handle sooner. Like I'm jealous. Like my buddy, my buddy Curtis has the at Grizzlebrand handle and I'm very Uh, jealous of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, So I I have, I have, I have veteran explorer. Um, I don't tend to post on it a whole lot. But I do read, like, I follow a lot of people and read a lot of things on it. And so, like, if people want to, like, send me messages on there, that's also a perfectly fine yeah. place to get a hold of me. So there, there are some options. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, like he said, uh, I have a Discord channel uh, that I run for the Nick Fit community. Uh, how, that would, is, uh, how would people get involved with that if they wanted to, uh, to join up with it? Uh, if you want to join into that, uh, you can just Reddit, go to right? the Nick Fit subreddit. Uh, which is uh, www.reddit.com slash r slash nickfitmtg. Uh, there's a sticky post at the top that has an invite link in it. Uh, so feel free to come on uh, there and talk to us. Um, also, uh, I'm pretty active uh, with the uh, Puka Trade community. Uh, so um, I'm also part of the main Puka Trade Discord as well. So I'm always on there uh, talking as well. Uh, because I also, like I said, I also write for them. Uh, the legacy content. So if you go to pukatrade.com and you look at any of the articles, you see my name, Joseph Dyer, the two second, uh, those are my articles. That's what I write. Uh, and if you want to talk about those, that's fine too. So I don't mind. I, I love talking about my articles with people. Oh yeah. So tell, uh, tell Medina, I say hi. I miss that guy. Yeah. John's great. Honestly, he's, <laughs> he's actually pretty fantastic to, um, to work for. Uh, yeah. not really work for work for all my works freelance, but you know, <laughs> but he is a great guy. And, uh, actually when I first started writing for them, um, he was kind of like just one of those things he had taken over. He's their new content manager. Uh, and, uh, he kind of took over and said, Hey, I need people to write stuff. And I said, can I write about legacy? And he was like, yeah, that sounds fine. I was like, really? I'm like, that's cool. 
And I just started writing stuff and sending it to him. And he was just like, all right, we'll post this. He's like, this sounds great. It's like, okay, like this is kind of cool. And now it's just kind of become a thing. Uh, and uh, it was about a couple months into that, the, this whole thing where I found out John lives like 30, 40, 50 minutes away from me. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, there you go. okay. Like one of these weekends we need to get together and like have like a house party or something. And he was like, yeah, just come over and we'll, I'll cook you guys dinner and we'll, we'll do this. And I was like, okay, like that sounds great. <laughs> so there's a standing <laughs> invitation at some point to go hang out at his house and uh, have dinner with him and stuff. But he is a really great guy. He really yeah. tries very hard to do everything he does. And he's very passionate about what he's, what he likes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to get him back on this cast because uh, I think last time he was on was like almost two years ago. It's been forever. I'll, I'll mention it to him. Yeah, tell, so. tell him uh, tell him to hit me up. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, and are you on Twitter? Are you on the? I, you're you're pretty. You're one of like the regulars on the Facebook group too. I see. Yeah, I, I post a lot on the Leaving Legacy Facebook group. Uh, whenever there's something to, to chat about, uh, also a grade, you know. Uh, you know, person that likes to post kind of funny stuff occasionally, uh, <laughs> just because it's the kind of person I am. Uh, but uh, yeah, I also do have a Twitter. It's uh, VorathXP. Uh, it's the Twitter. So I don't post on there a whole lot. So, but uh, occasionally. So. Awesome. Sweet. And Pat's Twitter handle is at Pat Uglo, and mine is at Jamie3RD. And that's me with two E's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, you're in control in the future. Play us out with something sweet.
Swim!